Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Things. All right, man, we back. Episode 52. That's 52 episodes. The same number as Patrick Willis, the middle linebacker of the 49ers. Former middle linebacker. Former middle linebacker. Yeah. All right, man, let's get right into this. Um, okay, this is going to sound kind of funny. I had an app idea I was telling Keith about. Now, th- this is kind of really far-fetched. It's really kind of funny. I mean, the name, it would never make it, but the name of the app was Meet Meet and Fuck. You know, like if you go, <laughs> you know, like if you go to like, what, like was it those uh, those payday loan places like uh, Cash and Go, like mm-hmm. this would be called Meet and Fuck. Yeah. Basically what it is, it cuts out the middleman. You know how you got to go on dates and shit like that, and you got to want to go on a date. You getting, you know, it's just the same old show. You know, she the girl asks you a bunch of meaningless questions and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I think this app would handle all of those things. This is for busy people who still want to have a pretty good sex life. So yeah. here it is. Uh, basically, the whole idea of this app is for people to be sexually transparent. Like, for one, this would have all your STD test results on it. So you know hmm. the person's clean. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Hmm. And then you guys might meet up at some club or some bar or whatever. And if you guys do want to go back to each other's house and do something, you already got all the legal stuff to do that. Yeah. And th- this may sound nasty, like, this is gross. Like, I nobody, but they already have this. It's called yeah. Tinder. Yeah. It's called whatever. The, but the thing is, is this would give you more information about the person you're about to have sex with. Mm-hmm. I think the Tinder shit is like, you might be swiping on somebody that might give you the fucking plague, man. <laughs> she might have a fucking... Uh, <laughs> she might have some fucking African strain of a STD or something. <laughs> yeah, but no, man, it's 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 not a literal thing. It's just a concept I had. But yeah. it's like if you think about it, and then here's another thing too. Like if if you fuck the chick right, you can get a five star rating like Uber. Like she give you a five star rating. Mm. So now when chicks come back to your profile, they're like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> this got, guy has good cock. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got five stars from Emily. <laughs> it'd, it'd be five eggplant emojis. Yeah, Emily writing the comments. This guy <laughs> ate my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's just a terrible app. Um, yeah, we'll run with it. Yeah, download yeah. it on your local uh, Google Play Store. Yeah, you downloaded Google Play, iTunes. Mm-hmm. Go in there and check it out, man. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think what would be a, a, a awesome deal too is if like it would be the same thing as like it'd be like a hybrid version of Tinder, uh, fucking uh, uh, Tinder, Uber. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. of them in one. Mm-hmm. You could swipe on the people you like or not like, and then you could see like the comments, like, "Yeah, man, <laughs> man, her head game was trash." Man. <laughs> like, and then you start seeing all these low ratings, and it's like, "Nah, can you?" I know for a fact, women are probably like, "That's gross," but if they knew that a guy knew what he was doing, they would love this app. Yeah. Because that guy that's getting five stars, at least they would know they're getting fucked right. Yeah. A lot of these chicks will probably go on dates with guys and the guy busting two minutes. Before he put it in. Yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. I've heard some horror stories, man. Yeah. Some, uh, we were watching some shit earlier that was funny. Some chick said some dude busted before he even went in there, man. Yeah. That's terrible. That's unfortunate. This guy was going in his mind. <laughs> He's like, ah, 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 oh shit! Oh, yeah, man. he missed the best part, dude. Oh, was it's it going. good for you too? <laughs> <laughs> she 
she's like, oh my god, that got to be so embarrassing, dude. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be embarrassing. I, I, I mean, I don't. I, it's some type of condition. I don't know if the guy. I don't know if he got super excited. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't if I was a if I was a woman and that happened to me like it's flipped it flip it around I'd just yeah. be like man I think it's time for me to just go home like <laughs> nothing else I can do with this motherfucker. His imagination must be great. He probably could he could probably could dream up the best movie ever created. Yeah, whatever movie he was thinking of, he's just like oh shit oh shit oh, oh, oh my god oh. <laughs> nah, hallelujah. Oh, I wonder okay. if he apologized afterwards. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. This never normally happens. Yeah, it probably happened a million times. Mm-hmm. It's like I tell myself, "Don't come, don't come, don't come." <laughs> Did you see Andrew Scholl's, uh his latest views from the sis video? I haven't seen it. Oh uh, yeah, that mug is pretty funny. Oh no, I haven't seen yeah. it. And but he talks about that, like about about. Uh, I won't tell the joke. You guys right. can go watch it. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right, let's move on from this little stupid idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. People have a fear of saying they don't know. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, for some reason, people have this idea that they have to lie instead of saying, I don't know. They they just feel the they feel the need to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Instead of actually like admitting that they don't know. It's OK to not know something, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, motherfucker be like hey eddie what time do you do you think you'll get there if this happens i'll be like i don't know maybe like what do you mean you don't know yeah exactly. that means i don't know motherfucker that's yeah, what yeah, it means yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with saying i don't know i don't know what the i'm kind of using it like no pun intended but i don't yeah. know what the big deal is with saying i don't know you know what i mean it's an honest answer most of the time yeah so but this um once i was um so i was at work probably Friday and um, uh, so basically my site coordinator gave me the cell phone to uh, to hold the cell phone is basically you know the way that we communicate through with the parents of the kids and uh, you know other people from other schools can call us on that cell phone stuff like that so uh, she let me hold the cell phone and then she ran a few errands I think she had to go talk to some teachers or something like that so she gave me the cell phone and some lady named Renee calls and uh, Renee is like, hey, is uh, your site coordinator there? And I was like, she was like, can I talk to your site coordinator? And I was like, um, I don't know where she is at the moment, but I can have her call you back. And then um, she was like, well, she was like, OK, she's like, what's your name again? I was like, my name is Keith. And then she was like, OK, uh, just have her call me back. Um, her asking me my name at the at the at the end again um at the time it didn't hit me but she was basically asking my name again so she can complain to yeah. uh, the site coordinator <laughs> yeah so uh i called the site coordinator on the on the on the walkie talkie and i was like hey uh, renee called you um and she was like okay i'll come over right now and i'll and i'll uh i'll grab the cell phone and call her back so boom that happens and then maybe 30 45 minutes later when I see the site coordinator again, she's like, hey, Keith, um, just uh, it." she was basically saying, like, it's not a big deal to me. But like Renee told me that you said I, you didn't know where I was. And, you know, she was just saying, like, next time, can you uh, just tell her that I'm, I'm working with a student or, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking to a teacher or something like that? Don't you know, don't tell her that you don't know. And I was like, all right, whatever. But to me, 
it just tripped me out that she basically and Renee basically would much rather have me lie than be honest. Yeah, you know it's ridiculous. I mean? Yeah, it's like instead of saying and to be honest, like I don't know where she she could be anywhere around the school. It's not like, you know, she's at In and Out or something getting a burger. Like she's yeah. somewhere on campus. I just don't know where she is. Yeah, like she, she, she could be any doing anything. Yeah. She'd she be she'd be fucking, you know. Yeah, she could be getting her back blown out of her. <laughs> <laughs> in a janitor's closet. <laughs> Janitor and like, where's the soap? Where's the soap? <laughs> yeah, man. I think too many people have become comfortable lying instead of saying they don't know. They just fill in the fucking blanks when they don't need to. Yeah. There's no point of doing that. I've learned it I've learned to do that a long time ago because you could put yourself in more of a of a situation or a predicament by uh Putting saying something that's not accurate, and then once the once the full story comes back full mm-hmm. circle, now they're like, "Wait a minute!" But why did Eddie tell me this? Yeah, yeah. So it's better to be like, "Look, motherfucker, I don't know." And they're like, yeah. "What do you mean you don't know, bitch? I said I don't know." Exactly. What if? Yeah. What if? But you wouldn't call him a bitch. <laughs> what if the site coordinator had you know left the campus for a little bit? And I'd be like, yeah, she's just in our office right now. And then we go to her office and she's not there. And then uh, I have to double back and be like, oh, she's not actually in her office. Uh, and it's just, and it just like the lie, you know, you keep on having to, you know, continue with that lie. Yeah. It's just, it's just really annoying. And it makes you look like you're a part of that shit. Yeah. So it's like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean, Keith? I'm like, yeah. look, look here, you snowflake. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where this fucking teacher's at. Yeah. Call her cell phone, you idiot. All right. So get off my ass. All yeah. right. Yeah. That's real. I think, um, and uh, this situation happened to me another time, too, because um, a lot of people know that I, I, I sell stuff on Amazon. So um, essentially what I do is I, I move products around and then I put it on Amazon if I can sell, if I could profit off of the product. So there's this company called Bevel. Um, Bevel is, they, they have, um, they create uh, uh, hair clippers predominantly for um, people of color. So like black people, because our hair is so coarse, yeah. um, sometimes when we cut our hair with certain clippers, we'll get razor bumps and stuff. But Bevel, like, they engineer blades and stuff like that to prevent those bumps. So um, I I was purchasing some uh, some uh, clippers and uh, blades from their website in order to sell on Amazon, right? So I bought them at a, at a discounted price. And when I throw them on, a, on, a web, on Amazon, Amazon doesn't allow you to put certain products on there if they don't have the safety data sheets. So the safety data sheets is in order for the warehouses to ensure that they're um, holding the products in a safe way. So if you have like some hazardous materials or if you have like, you know, really sharp blades or whatever the case may be, they want to make sure they're handling this stuff properly so yeah. the people inside of the warehouse warehouse are safe. Um, but the T-blade that I was trying to sell on Amazon, they didn't have that safety data sheet, so I couldn't put it on a website, right? So I was like, oh, this is this is a quick fix. Let me call or let me email the customer service at Bevel and they will provide me with this information. So I emailed them um, and they got back to me. I basically said, hey, I'm trying to, you know, put this T-Blade onto Amazon. Would you be able to provide me with the safety data sheet? The lady responds or I don't know who it is. I don't know why I said it was a lady. 
maybe that's just my maybe that's my toxic toxic masculinity implying that women aren't competent (laughs) god damn you (laughs) can but no so oh my bad fucking massage (laughs) so playing footsies man what's going on Yeah. Keith didn't mean it, but he just we our feet. Met. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, we're, we're sitting here with the computer and, and the mics, and then I put my foot out, and then I feel Keith's fucking like bony foot yeah. on my. I'm like, yo, dude. Yeah, do people still do that? Do they do footsies? The yeah, I don't see what kind of sexual gratification they get from that. Yeah, that's so nineties. Yeah, the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> the people putting foots in, in feet and mouth now, man. <laughs> People are paying for feet pictures. (laughs) Like, look, I I don't look. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but women are literally getting paid to send pictures of their feet. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like how do you like? It just boggles me how women could like monetize something like that. Mm -hmm. They got whole pornos with people jacking off dudes with their feet. That's crazy, right? Yeah, crazy getting paid for just. I mean, it's not even the sexual stuff. They're just literally getting paid for pictures of their feet, mm-hmm. and guys are like rubbing one out to fucking painted red toenails. Oh my gosh, that pinky toe! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh my god. you're fucking! Oh. <laughs> I love how I love how your second toe is bigger than the big toe. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she has hair on her fucking toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, can you imagine if men got paid for pictures like that? Like, if we got paid for, like, dick pics? Yeah. But we ain't getting paid for that. Yeah. If that was the case, I would not have a job. That'd be a lucrative That'd business. be lucrative. I yeah. would I would literally be, like, the dick pic king. <laughs> They'd be like, who is that? They wouldn't even know my face, my name, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be a couple listeners that would, though. Anyways, like, uh, back to the bubble. <laughs> back to the bubble boy. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. That's funny. Shout out to the listeners. But, um, yeah, so I, I emailed the people. I asked for a safety data sheet. They responded uh, maybe two, three days later, basically saying, we cannot... Um, they didn't really answer my question. All she replied, to, or I don't know why I keep saying she. All they replied saying was <laughs> that I don't know why I'm just picturing a female sitting at a desk typing like, hmm, I'm not going to let you sell this. So uh, <laughs> the person responded by saying we do not allow or we do not authorize um, sell or we do not authorize sales on Amazon.com. So I was like, OK, I was like, I don't really need your permission to resell something. Um, that's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like if I buy something anywhere in the world and I want to resell it, I'll just resell it. Like they literally have whole entire apps that are built on reselling called eBay and OfferUp. Exactly. So like, I don't need your permission, but I was like, okay, let me try from a different email and kind of freak the, uh, freak the response a little bit. So this time I excluded Amazon in the, in the email. And I was like, Hey, I'm, I have a warehouse and I'm storing these, um, these clippers, I need the safety data sheet in order to keep my uh, employees safe. Uh, and I didn't get a response at all. So I was like, hmm, interesting. So I was like, I took it up on myself because all this stuff is actually, if you ever have a product, even like our microphones that we're talking on, they have like um, safety data information like legally online. So they have yeah. like a whole, you know, it's called, uh, I forget, it's like UL, like a UL code. Um, if you go on there, you can find all kind of information about any product 
you know, that you, that you, uh, mostly products that are made inside of the U.S. or something like that, exactly. or like sold inside of the U.S. So they have all this information online. So I just Googled it and I looked it up and I found it. I was like, oh, this is what I've been looking for. This lady basically told me, she gave me the runaround when I could have just found it myself. So I found yeah. that information, I uploaded it to Amazon and um, everything was cool. They were like, okay, get, give us like three to four business days and you'll be able to sell your product or we'll, re- we'll review these PDF files. So I look back, you know, four, maybe four or five days later, and I see the T-Blades on, uh, on the Amazon, on Amazon.com. But I see, but before, since the, we weren't able to send them in because we didn't have the hazmat information, um, no one had the product. So if you looked up the product, it just said zero, uh, zero in stock. But now uh-huh. when I look back, there was some in stock. And then I was like, dang, there's somebody that already sent their sent their stuff in. And guess who was the uh, the company that has sent that product in? It was actually the Bevel company. <laughs> so it was like, you gave me this whole runaround, and then you're going to send the product in yourself. You basically told me you can't sell it on Amazon. It's not authorized to sell on Amazon. And then you go around and actually sell the product yourself on Amazon. So it's like, <clears throat> that's that whole thing where it's like whoever that customer service representative was was just like an incompetent person. Like yeah. they either didn't know what they were doing, they were trying to get me to run around or whatever, whatever it was. But they lied in some shape or form, however yeah. it played out. Yeah. Or they just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. It probably was their lunchtime. It was like, look, I'm not going to waste That's my time. That's what it felt like. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, from, you know, basically with Keith saying that it was an incompetent woman. So. Keep that in mind. (laughs) I'm a super uh, meninist sometimes, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Nah, man. I I just think it's okay to say that you don't know. And it's it's, it's also, it's okay to say things like no. And it's also okay to say Mm -hmm. things like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not acceptable to people because they're so used to the, I think we have, we have like, we have unconsciously accepted lies. I think that lies have become so convenient mm-hmm. that we just fill in the blanks without knowing what the fuck's going on just to please people. But when you tell someone you don't know, and they're like, oh, you don't know. That's, yeah. that's all you got. I've talked, I've, see, there's sometimes where it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Yeah, for sure. If I'm at Walmart and I ask the fucking employee, hey, you know where I can get scissors? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking like, motherfucker, you work here. You better fucking find out where I can yeah, get some goddamn yeah, yeah. scissors. Yeah. I, if if you're in that sort of situation, I don't know should be followed by a way to get the answer. Like, yeah. that's how I felt like I answered it when the lady Renee called me. I exactly. was like, I don't know, but I can have her call you back in like five Ex- minutes. Exactly. But if you're standing inside a Walmart and you stocking the shelves and I ask you where, you know, the drinks are or whatever, and you say, I don't know, and just go back to work, it's like, bro, like, what are you... What are you doing? A store is, you know, you walk down these aisles every day. Yeah, but not not even that. There's, I don't know. There's been some amazing, you know. I want to shit on Walmart, but I've had some amazing people that have helped me out, have went the extra mile, walked me all over the store, all kind yeah. of shit. And then I've had other people like, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. I'm yeah. like, can you find somebody that knows? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm like, man, if do you hate your job that much, dude? That's crazy. That much to where you don't take any pride in what you do, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I just fucking go home. Just take that little, this little fucking three dollar Walmart vest off and just go home. 
take that goddamn dirty Walmart vest <laughs> that everybody's wearing. They got them doing multiple jobs. They're stocking in the back. And yeah. now they being a cashier. They got brown stuff. They got fucking mayonnaise that busted open from the goddamn <laughs> container and shit all over yeah. the vest. Some some employees at Walmart look like they've been through a lot sometimes. Yeah. Like I be seeing them in there. They be like sagging to their knees. Yeah, they look like refugees. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking Walmart refugees, man. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. This I don't know, man. It's weird. The whole sagging thing, I don't get it. Yeah. I wore my pants lower when I was real young. Yeah. But it's like when you're a grown man, put your fucking pants up. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. If I sag, it's only because my belt is too big. I don't yeah. like I don't like them like directly on my waist. But Nobody I don't does. Be, yeah. But I don't have them like way below my butt. That no. just feels weird. It's just they kind of glide down your yeah. natural belt line. Yeah. You know, but when you have them all the way up, like I don't wear my pants like Urkel. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't. I, they're not. They're above my crack. Basically, yeah. Yeah. My, my crack is not as close. <laughs> I don't like no air hitting my butt. That feel weird. Yeah, that feel bad. Yeah. Because that, that air hit you right, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I should not did that. <laughs> oh, man. I like you and I want you. <laughs> oh, dang. If you guys didn't know who that was, it's this, it's this black guy that was on a prison documentary named Fleece Johnson. And he was like, the most important thing to a man in prison is a man's butt. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, what did he say after that? I don't know. I think he basically he went in just uh, saying what a butt is more valuable than. Yeah. Like it's booty. more valuable than cigarettes and honey buns. and. Yeah, booty, booty was more important than food. <laughs> I walked up to him and said, look, I like you and I want you. I'm like, bruh. And he didn't have no teeth in his mouth. He had a cigarette hanging from his lip. Oh, man. He if they got don't, one tooth at the bottom row. If like, they don't want to do nothing, then I'm going to take it anyway. Yeah. I was like, this nigga. Anyway, let's move this on. This real rapey in here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Is there a correlation to being broke and depression? The reason why we make this, we bring this up. Is because whenever you hear some like celebrity like Drake or somebody else say, "Oh, not to cut you off," go ahead. We had the one topic about uh, the job. Did you write that down? What's that? Hating your job. Yeah, it's in there. Oh, okay, I didn't hear you say it. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah, it's down Just there. Just make sure we got to talk about it. Yeah, we're down in there. All right. Um, is there a correlation to being broke and depression? Mm-hmm. And the reason why we want to bring that up is because, um. You hear people like Drake or, you know, other artists like, look, y'all, money ain't everything, man. It's not everything. It's not what you think and all of this. Mm-hmm. But I know there's some guy working at McDonald's, Wendy's, and Taco Bell at the same time. And he's like, man, fuck you. You <laughs> know, I got to work with these fast, these tacos all day just to support mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. You know, money would actually do him some good, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, yes, I do believe there's a correlation between mental health and and finances and the reason why i say that i'm not saying that every time but i remember there was times where i was doing really 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 bad i'm talking about real bad right Mm -hmm. and i was not as mentally healthy as i should as i could have been um i think that uh it was times where i was doing so financially bad that i was like damn like 
I'm not going to be able to pay these bills. I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And it stressed me out. Yeah. I was affected by it. So to sit here and say that you could be flat broke and be happy. Yeah. If you put things in perspective, you could kind of be somewhat happy. But definitely there is a correlation to being broke and being uh, and being uh, depressed. Yeah. You know, because you feel like you could do more. You could. And it's like I've been so broke before that a chick wanted to go on a date with me. This is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to make up a lie yeah. because I was fucking broke. Yeah, like I couldn't take her on a night, a night out, and some food, like and get some good food and whatnot. When I'm sitting there broke, and I believe in taking women out. Like if if I say like, hey, let's let's hang out, then I'm gonna pay for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take you out to whether it's a movie, pay for the movie, we go to eat. I'm gonna pay for all that. Yeah, and if I'm broke and I can't do that, then it's like, damn, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's painful, like and then it 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 cock blocked me too. Yeah, because the sad thing is, is I think some of the brokest dudes. So this is actually this is probably a very skewed stat. Yeah, I wonder how many broke dudes that still get pussy, like really just flat broke. I know it's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple. It's but, just a couple though. Really? Yeah. I mean, it ain't. I'm just saying, it's not a lot of people out there that's got zero money in a bank account and still pulling girls. Yeah, that's you true. just need a certain amount of money too. Like, have the social like just to socialize with women. You exactly. Gotta, if you go into the club, you need to you know. Yeah. If there's a you know a charge to get in. You got to buy some drinks. Exactly. Like you got to buy the outfit to actually look presentable. Yeah, you go. You know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. But to some men, like some guys out there, that like dick is a form of currency to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Like they ain't like I ain't got nothing but this dick, but I know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some women that don't mind it. It's some women that have literally said that the best sex they ever had was with a dude that it was broke as fuck. Dang, because that's all he got yeah. is his dick, man. That's all he can hang his hat on. Huh? He ain't got no Literally. house. He ain't got no yeah. nothing. Yeah, you know, all he got is dick. <laughs> 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 that's funny. Oh man. dang. That's it, it, but yeah, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think that um there there there's definitely a real correlation. Yeah. If you think about um just look at the the uh, obviously there's an uh, there's um situation situations that can oppose anything that yeah. we're that we're arguing right now. Definitely. But um just for the most part, just just look at the facial expressions on people that are panhandling. Oh man! Oftentimes they look, you know, down in the dumps. Like I rarely see, you know, any of those guys smiling. It, um, even if you, you know, you hand them some change, it'll it'll be like, you know, God bless you, I thank you, and it it won't really end with a smile. It's just like it's almost a little bit of relief that they can probably buy a hamburger or something, but it's not like this joyous, you know. Uh, expression coming from their face, man. So you know that's kind of one point, and I just I think just me personally, like <clears throat> like I was saying, I was, I do my Amazon stuff, and um, like I think I got paid once, and it was more than my actual work check, and oh, wow. and it it brought like so much joy to me. Not not the fact that I have had the money, but just because I was closer to financial freedom, to yeah. where I don't have to rely. On going going into this job, um, that I can kind of care less about, you know, every yeah. day. It's just like, it's just this feeling. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just this feeling of relief, like, cause, <clears throat> cause we talked about like the depression, but it also brings an- anxiety if you don't have money. Yeah, definitely. 
because you, you know, you constantly worrying like, dang, I got this bill I need to pay. Yeah. But I also need this bill. I can't even pay my car registration. So if yeah. I get pulled over, they're yeah. going to take my car. Yeah. I can't pay my insurance. I can't pay my insurance. I can't afford diapers. There's just so many thoughts that's running through exactly. your head. At the same time, you don't even know where money is coming from. Like, there's some times where you'd be like, I remember I'd be counting money and then flip it over, hoping that it's like, <laughs> it's, it suddenly doubles. <laughs> but it's still the same amount of money or like overdraft fees or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And it, it just brings so much stress on your life. Definitely. Um, so... That's the thing. Like, if you, I think, if your personal life is in order, if you, if you, you're like, con, con, if you're content with yourself, if you know, if you don't have like any insecurities about yourself, and then you have like uh, financial hardships, and then those financial hardships are solved. Um, oh yeah. You know, it just kind of affects your whole, like, your whole aura, and you know, it could affect you in a positive manner. Definitely. Um, it's crazy too. You start to realize how many men are actually flat broke. Yeah. When you start taking chicks out, like you, you take chicks out on dates, like um, <clears throat> it's been multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. I take a chick out, we go to dinner, um, uh, but like get whatever you want, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna try to, uh, I don't want to get the most expensive thing. I'll be like, ah, it's all good. I ain't tripping. Just yeah, just you know, do what you do. Yeah, and then they'll get it, and they'll be like, um, so can I get another drink? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. get another drink. It's cool. Like it's, yeah. it's cool. Get another drink. And then they're like, oh, my God, thank you for being such a gentleman. And I'm thinking, like, I just took you out for dinner. Like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, the bill will come back, and it's like, I don't know, like $65 or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's it's just a date. It's not like I'm spending this money on you every day anyways. Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. <clears throat> but you start to realize, I had one chick tell me, like, oh, my, uh, she's like, I guess my, like my boyfriend didn't used to take me out anywhere. And I'm just like, damn, like. Yeah. What kind of fucking guys are you dating? Mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not making like I'm the best motherfucker, but for Christ's sake, what kind yeah. of guys? They don't take you out. They don't spend no money on you. That's crazy. And it's like my thing is this. Um, it's not about buying women purses and all of that because I ain't into all that. Okay, but taking them out on a nice night on the town, something to eat. You know what I'm saying? And you know, a hotel for when you get some pussy. Uh, <laughs> 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 nah, I'm playing. But no, nah, man, it, it just, it's it's mind-boggling. It, there, there have been many times where I couldn't enjoy those type of festivities because I was broke. Yeah. And I had to make up a lie because yeah. I was so broke that I couldn't do shit. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, damn, I, you know, I got to have enough gas to make it for the rest of the week. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Because it was sometimes I was so broke back in the day. We talking 2000. Here's a scenario. 2008, nine, mm-hmm. right in there. And um, fucking. Mm-hmm. I got a car repossessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a car like I was at work. And I had to pay my car payment for like over two months because I was just too broke. And I was only I was still in college. And um Isn't that crazy that you could be working a full time job and still be broke? Yeah, that's America though. Yeah. The average American does not have enough money for a five hundred dollar emergency. Dang. So that's why I'm unimpressed by people that be flashing money on social media. Yeah. Because chances are if something was to happen, they don't even have five hundred dollars for an emergency. I was going to post this thing. Uh, don't forget your point about the repossession. Mm-hmm. But I was going to post this thing. I couldn't find a, a way to word it, though. But I was going to basically say, like, I'm not impressed by how many hundreds you got in your hand. I'm more impressed by um, 
where your gas hand is at. Right. <laughs> right. That's way more valuable than, you know, you posting these yo freaking tax returns or whatever you got going yeah on. dude yeah. come on <laughs> yeah man but yeah i back back at during that time i was fucking broke i think it was like 08 i think it was 08 mm-hmm. and i had a chrysler baron but it it ended up kind of taking a dump and so i was like man I, I gotta fix this car and then when you're whenever you go through a situation where your credit ain't all that great yeah. you get what they what you can get because you can't you get horrible deals on cars if you got shit credit. So I had shit credit at the time. Yeah. Got this car. It turned out being a piece of shit. And I was like, man, I ain't paying for this. Yeah. So um, it ended up some guy approached me at my job. He's like, oh, are you Eddie McGee? And I was like, yeah, what's up, man? Who are you? He's like, uh, I can't repossess your car. And I was like, damn. God damn. Yeah. At my job, he's like, I'm just going to need the keys. I'm like, dang. Really? And he's like, yeah, I got the tow truck right there. And I'm oh like, God. you know how embarrassing it is to drive to your job, yeah, and then you and you have to leave getting a ride or getting on the public transportation mm-hmm. because they just repossess your car, yeah. Like when you talk about coming from the bottom, I done been there, okay? Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's why I hate when people talk like that. People make it like they just doing it major, yeah. And it's like, bro, like I don't feel the need to flash because I've lost so many things in my life. Yeah, I think those, even like. Um, my, most of my broke stories come from like when I'm in another state and I'm in school, Oh yeah. like <laughs> I've been, I have so many of those, but like just my whole, my whole fir- first semester at New Mexico state, I was like, um, I didn't take, I didn't sign up for enough money, uh, in loans to get by. So I just had like a few hundred dollars to last me, um, like three months. Shit. And then. Um, I had to get, I had, I was like donating plasma in order to like get by. (laughs) So I still have like, I still have freaking scars in my arm from like the amount of times I was donating plasma. But, um, but yeah, all the plasma. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But it, it was, um, but just that alone, it's like that, um, that anxiety of not really knowing like where your next meal comes from. And then this pride that builds up sometimes or you like i don't want to ask for yeah i don't want to ask anybody for help um like i'll figure it out on my own on top of the fact that a lot of times when you're a full-time student there's not really enough time in a day to to work and do well in school like it's yeah. like the system is kind of like set up for you to be like a really good student or work a lot of hours and have a lot of money so you can pay your bills it doesn't really work for for both. Some True. some people can do it. I'm sure there's countless you know people out there. But I feel like if I you know was able to get a job, like my grades would have you know sacri- uh, my grades would have went was, down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, terribly. So yeah, man. It just I think as a man, it's it's really it's you feel really defeated too. Yeah. Just because like if you can't provide for yourself, like you can't provide for. Your, your 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 wife or your kids or anything like mm-hmm. that so that that makes it even worse yeah um but yeah man I, I got so many like you gotta ask yourself this question have you ever been hungry before mm-hmm. i can say that i have yeah where i'm fucking you know I'm, i was broke there was nothing in my pantry yeah i got too much pride to ask i'm like you know what i get paid in two days mm-hmm. let me just wait mm-hmm. you know and 
mm-hmm. I'm sitting there hungry as fuck. Not really got nothing in there. I got some goddamn saltine crackers and some fucking bottled waters. You know you broke when you start mixing stuff together that ain't supposed to go together. Yeah. That- <laughs> you got fucking- I remember one time I made like some, I had, I had like two eggs uh. and like some, like the, Uncle Ben's like jambalaya rice. <laughs> I mixed that together. It was gross, but really? it was just like I bet you took a mean shit after that. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben was coaching me every way through it too. Uncle Ben gave you a uncle shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, it sucks. It sucks going through that. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, I ain't. I mean. I make a decent living for myself now. Not I'm not making like I got money like that. I'm just a very simple guy. I just mm-hmm. live in a, just a basic apartment, nothing serious at all. But I I make a decent living now. I don't have to worry about money anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that being that I've been through so much, it's what it's what keeps me grounded and humble. Yeah, I'm not the type of guy that's like, uh, you know. <sighs> flashy in any way i don't even wear that nice of clothes i just wear basic clothes yeah i don't spend money on expensive ass shoes or shirts or designer mm-hmm. pants or i don't talk about what i'm really doing like it's just like yeah I, honestly i feel this is the way i feel if i was to somehow strike a million dollars today i would literally like nobody would know about it mm-hmm. i would literally just do a pod, do the podcast mm-hmm. you know maybe buy some property have some local investments, you know, probably become a day trader or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, that's it. Yeah. Like, I've been through enough. I'm not impressed by worldly stuff. Yeah. You know, when you've been broke, it, being broke is actually an advantage because being broke doesn't last forever when you are working yourself out of that situation. Mm-hmm. But once you start making some money, it, it's the good thing about it is you've had nothing before, so you know how to live off nothing. Yeah, learning how to live without shit helps you later in life when you go through some stuff. Because some of y'all, you ain't have to worry about being hungry. Yeah, you, you haven't you haven't had any cars repossessed. You haven't you know had to you know fucking mix jambalaya and eggs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't really know what it's about. I think um, sometimes. <clears throat> You know, when you're at your lowest, it's like financially, when your net worth is at your lowest, you try to try to hide it. You try to mask it. You know what I mean? You may iron your clothes and make sure your stuff is pressed. So when you go outside, people don't know exactly how much money you have or you may wash your car or something like that. Yes. Um, I'm realizing now that I almost have the opposite effect. Got it. Like we were uh, me, DJ, Chris and the guys at the Beacon Studios were um, we were in the news the other day. Yes. In the newspaper, and um, we had a we had a photo shoot. So I left work, and then I showed up there, and then we we took a quick photo at the uh, at the Beacon Studios. And um, DJ had like his nicely pressed shirt. He had his nice pants. Chris had a you know one of uh, a, you know a super colorful shirt, <laughs> and some. Uh, they both had Jordan ones on, like probably you know shoes that they've worn a handful of times, and. Uh, Justin, uh, the guy that owns a Beacon Studios, he walked up to me. He's like, man, this dude, Keith, needs some new shoes. And I was like, are you serious? You know how much I don't care about these shoes right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, Chris and DJ was like, you don't even know. Chris got a, I mean, he was like, you got, he's like, you don't even know. Keith got more shoes than both of us. <laughs> and we, But it's, it's just this idea, like, I just don't, 
like the materialistic stuff is just not yeah not that important to me doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. i i mean as i think it's it's all about what's in you than what's on you Mm -hmm. i think that means that could be perverted perverted yeah yeah but uh It's for all the freaks out there. Yeah, it's like they'll be listening. Like I want it in me and on me. <laughs> a trucker's mind after dark. <laughs> uh, it'll be in me first, then on me. <laughs> right in my face. Now, um, yeah, man. But in the grand scheme of things, um, being broke and depression, there is a correlation to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing was. Uh, is there a correlation to high social media usage amongst the poor? Yeah. And I don't have a, I don't have a distinct answer for that, but I would say possibly yes. And the reason why I say that is because some of the brokest people try the hardest to not look broke. Yeah. Like I, I never yeah. like admitted it. I mean, I never said when I was flat broke, I never said nothing like to people like, Hey, I'm not broke. Mm-hmm. You know, I just live my life. Yeah. But I was fucking going through it. I, you know, barely having gas money to go places and shit like that. It was fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. It was really fucked up. Credit score was like a, a. I didn't even have a credit score back then. It was so bad. It was just like, I, I tried to check it. They was like, "Nigga, are you serious?" <laughs> Her credit score was nigga, please. Yeah. <laughs> I kept, hey, I kept trying to check my credit score and it kept saying, try again. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It, but you know what? It, it, it's, it's all in the past and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed to yeah. uh, be living a better, a better I, life today. I think, I think there's something to that. Um, there's a correlation between the social media usage and, uh, and uh, what did you call it? The poor. And the, yeah, the people in poverty or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think also because there's um, there's generally a lack of education with people in poverty. True. So instead of educating themselves, instead of going to school, instead of going to college, they're, they're consuming most of their day, you know, sifting through social media, looking, exactly. up, looking at a bunch of nonsense. Exactly. So, yeah. There's, there's so instead of, instead of educating themselves, it's more or less you're looking to be affirmed because mm-hmm. the people that are on social media the most that are wearing Gucci and Prada Mm-hmm. and Fendi and all these things mm-hmm. now when you have it on you you've just increased your value in your mind mm-hmm. so you may all you got enough money for is a bag of hot cheetos yeah. but you're wearing a fucking gucci belt yeah you know that's and real and even, like, even look at the who um i guess it, it can kind of go both ways when you look at you know certain celebrities but uh-huh. um look at tech tech guys i feel like yeah mark zuckerberg created facebook but I don't think he's on Facebook all day. Mm, fuck no. And even if he is on Facebook, it's probably because he's reading articles. I exactly. know that guy probably reads like, you know, all kind of news and all kind of, you know, the updates on the, in the tech markets and yeah. who's doing what, what Jeff Bezos <coughs> is doing, what, exactly. you know, Bill Gates is doing. So Yeah, these tech motherfuckers is not playing. Mark yeah. Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Elon mm-hmm. Musk. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers taking over. Jeff Bezos getting a divorce too. His wife is stacked. Oh fuck! Yeah, and man, I'm damn. Trying to, I'm trying oh. to see where you know what I'm saying. Maybe Jeff, she got an Instagram or something. Like Jeff Bezos, De- Jeff Bezos' ex-wife about to have something in her and on her. <laughs> 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 she gonna be getting hit on top of piles of money. <laughs> <laughs> Just move that out the way. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving forward. Is data mining safe? 
Uh, if you're not familiar with data mining is, data mining is basically when you go to Google and you search, uh, for example, you'll search like uh, meal prepping or meal prepping companies, whatever. And then all of a sudden, after you're done doing that, you go to Facebook and all of a sudden you see a list of ads talking about meal prepping companies. Mm-hmm. They're basically doing, they're basically messing with the, I won't say the algorithms, but you can say that, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and by controlling that, it's like they're, they're, they're mining your data to see what you're looking at so they can match that on your social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it because it's weird. I've had situations where, you know, you're looking at something like uh, uh, how to make brownies. And all of a sudden, after you do that, you go to social media and there's some girl like, do you want to know how to make brownies? I'll be mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I never asked for the fucking brownie <laughs> tutorial. Are you serious, man? What is, what is this? Yeah. Oh, man. It's weird. It, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's an invasion of privacy. First of all, we have to get over it, though, at the same time. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a smartphone, you have to understand that you're, you are being tracked 24-7. Yeah. You are being tracked. And, and people are like, no, um, I'm going to remove the battery from my phone, and the government won't be able to, like, shut the fuck up. As long as you have a smartphone, you've been tracked. Even without smartphones back in the day, mm-hmm. you, that's how they busted a bunch of different murderers. Yeah. Because they connected to certain cell phone towers when they were driving away with the phone, you were constantly being tracked. If somebody needed, wanted to find me and Keith right now, they would show up at my door and knock on the door and fuck up the podcast. But they would, <laughs> they would be able to find us. Hmm, that'd be some good content, though. I'd be like, hey, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Mulder, Mulder and Scully, FBI. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. That's yeah. real, though. I think, obviously, there's some benefits to it. Like, sometimes if. If you're looking for a certain product and um, or, or you're looking for just some like, you know, if you're into fitness or something like yeah. that, you know, you, you Google a few things all of a sudden on Instagram, something pops up on your on your feed and you're like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Let me click on that. And then you ended up end up buying it. Yeah. I, so there's there's a benefit to it. But at the same time. It becomes overbearing at a certain point. You yeah. know what I mean? Obviously, in these app, if you, you know, there's always these app permissions that, you know, you have to, ba- they basically force you to say yes to a lot of these things because without it, you can't even use the apps. Exactly. So, um, but it's like, you know, it just starts to feel weird after a while. You Google something and then all of a sudden it pops up. You're on yeah. freaking, like, I'll be on YouTube and I'll look up something about real estate. And then the next video I click on is just like, hey, how do you feel about flipping your money? Invest $200,000 in this and you'll get a million dollars in two years. It'd be like, bro, like this is just too much. Do that voice again. Hey. <laughs> I yeah, hate YouTubers, man. Oh, God. YouTubers have that fucking typical, uh, hey, what's up? My name's Chad. Yeah. Welcome to the Chad Hour. You'd be yeah. like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this you're gonna have to give up this fucking charade someday, man. <laughs> There's an interesting video I'll have to share with you, mm. but it was because a lot of people think, at least a lot of YouTubers believe that if they have their fancy car in the ad, that people be, will be more willing to uh, exactly click on it and subscribe to their yeah. you know their uh, master class or whatever it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A guy kind of debunked that 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 idea he did yeah. a, he did a video basically with a lamborghini in the back uh-huh. and then he did one with um 
with just, you know, regular just him talking. And then he did another one, which was um, I forgot what he did, but he did three different videos. And the third one was actually more successful than the video that had the uh, Lamborghini in it. So, wow. Yeah, it was pretty I, interesting. I, but here's the sad thing is I think that people are they're attracted to people who made it. We talked about this before. So if you give off the illusion that you made it and you have a Lamborghini, you're going to say a Lamborghini is expensive. He has a Lamborghini. Let me listen to this guy. Yeah. Me and that guy could literally be like it could be a parallel situation where I say something about something. He says something about something. But the guy with the Lamborghini is going to get more attention for it because he has a fucking Lamborghini. Yeah. It's just like we love. uh, Well, that's, uh, that's what he debunked, though. It was got it. That's what he was basically saying. It didn't work out that way. That only, you know, it was a small sample size. I'm yeah, not yeah. going to say, yeah. you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. um, that's just what he said. He debunked it. I, I got it, but it's more or less for him. But it, when you talk about the internet as a whole, then no. Mm-hmm. Like on the internet, giving off the illusion of success is still like more popular than anything mm-hmm. because that's what they do. Like yeah. a, a lot of these guys, you'll see like, I'm only 23 years old. I drive a Lamborghini. I talk to any woman that I want to talk to. <laughs> get so in my stupid. inbox and, let, and get in my <laughs> inbox, get on my team, and I will show you how to be successful. Yeah. And everybody's going to be inboxing this fucking imposter. Hey, swipe up right here. I have a Lamborghini in the back. I have a Rolly on my wrist. Swipe up right here, and I'll tell you how to get it, dudes. Yeah. Get in my inbox. I'm standing here. Three beautiful women. My, <laughs> my cock's out. Get in my inbox right now. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is this? I got a handful of ass in this hand. Nah. I got a- <laughs> oh, uh, That's so trash. You like this ass? You want this ass? DM me right now for more information. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking schmuck. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. That's comedy. Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous, man. You be on the internet, you could search anything, right? You could be searching. You could go to Google and put in big booty white girls, and then, then you'll go to Facebook, and it'll yeah. be a video. Are you looking for big booty white <laughs> girls in your area? Click the link below. You really put your zip code in and be some girl you just fucking... <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking around. Oh, yeah, but that's man. what data mining does. It just basically... It it just it sifts through it sifts sifts through the things that you are searching or your interests mm-hmm. and they're just like amplifying that on your social media platform because everything's connected. Yeah, and I see I even see ads on uh, Instagram. There's a ton of ads on Instagram, uh, and it'll pop some stuff up. Mm-hmm. It'll be like uh, some fitness ad or pop up. Like you'll you'll like you'll hashtag something. Like it'll be something from the podcast, like fitness, mm-hmm. and then that 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 hashtag that's connected to a bunch of fitness profiles. Then their their fucking ads are gonna pop up. Yeah, you know the same bullshit ads you see with fitness every day on the internet. Yeah, with some little wacky little techno beat. And some dude bench pressing like fucking 135. Like, <laughs> man, get the fuck out of yeah. here. Are you serious? Yeah. I think the, the weirdest part for me comes when something that you only talked about, you yeah. hadn't actually searched it yet. You may have talked about it on the oh phone. Oh, my God. You may have been talking about it out loud <laughs> with you know somebody you're sitting in the car with. And then all of a sudden that pops up on Instagram. Exactly. Like, Dang, this I is, think there's this something more weird. sinister going on. Yeah. There is something... 
there is something insidious happening on the internet. And I think what it is, is I could be like, Keith, I sure would go for a burger right now. Yeah. And then we'll just, and then all of a sudden. A Postmates ad a pop-up. Yeah, fucking Postmates with a bunch of cheeseburgers. You'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, this maybe that's just ironic. And then you keep scrolling, and it's like, try the Wendy's four for four. You'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe it's just fucking Wendy's. <laughs> and then it'd be a girl like, are you looking for burgers? You'd be like, hey, man. Yeah. You guys are listening to my fucking calls. Like, yeah. I, you guys are listening to my calls. What else are you listening to? Yeah. Yep. That's just weird to me, man. Yep. I think uh, it's it's something to it. If you if you guys um, really want to know more about this, Mark Zuckerberg had the um, the hearing with the Senate or Congress or whoever whomever it was, um, and they were asking him multiple multiple questions. Um, and some of those some of the way he was answering them questions felt a little bit weird. They was asking oh, yeah. him real specific questions like, "Are you guys listening to our conversations?" And he would be, he would like, he, sometimes he walked around the questions, but it, it almost felt like Mark Zuckerberg is too smart for these people to be asking him the questions. Exactly. Like same, they thing, needed, with, same thing with Elon Musk. Yeah. Like they needed to, some sort of consultant that was actually in the tech industry to mm-hmm. go up there and kind of assist them with the questions. Exactly. He was, he was, you know, walking all over him. Some people left and was like, yeah, he, it doesn't seem like he did anything wrong to me. Yep. And, you know, they just walked away. Some of the most brilliant minds have never been involved in politics. They've always been outside, like the Albert Einsteins of the world, the mm-hmm. Elon Musk, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the, mm-hmm. the Jeff Bezos, and all these other guys. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they're not trying to be a fucking president. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're doing their own thing. And it's just that sometimes the, the, the fucking U.S. government gets in the way, gives them pushback. Now, they've been trying to fuck with Elon Musk, and Elon's just like, look, man, like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk is definitely... The, the, Elon Musk scared the shit out of me. I was l- listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, and Elon was saying, like, AI, I've tried to tell them, you know... Yeah, it was really eerie. Slow, slow it yeah. down, and uh, and I'm just like... And he's a very weird character, so I know that his what he was saying is really genuine. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird. I'm just like, oh God. Like how yeah. much does this motherfucker know? He yeah. knows some shit that he he knows some shit that he can't disclose. Yeah. And you notice that after he smoked some weed on Joe Rogan, they tried their best to discredit everything Elon did mm-hmm. after that point. Mm-hmm. It's like this motherfucker created Tesla. He could smoke a joint, in my opinion. I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah. I think everyone he probably smokes a lot of weed, but he probably does. Some I guess some people it just looks weird for them the conservatives out there in the world that have invested in tesla yeah um but i i I also think that um yeah so i basically when he smoked weed on there he he the stock went down a lot yes um which was some of it was like oh my god he smoked weed and some of it was like people capitalizing on the fact that other people were outraged Mm -hmm. that's kind of how stocks work exactly if there's 20 people like oh my gosh i'm selling my stock uh (laughs) freaking uh What's his name again? What? What's what's his name? I totally blanked. Elon that. Musk? Yeah, Elon Musk. Come on, Keith. God damn it. I don't know. I'll probably smoke some weed before the no. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but Elon Musk smoked 
smoke weed, I'm going to sell the stock. So 20 people do that. And then like 20 other people are like, oh, my gosh, they're selling their stock. There must be something going wrong. And then they, you know, it's just a whole downturn. But that's ridiculous. He's still rich. The sad thing about it is is Elon Musk could have lit up a cigarette and nobody would have batted an eye. Right. When a cigarette is worse than a fucking joint. Or took a drink of alcohol. Yeah, a drink of alcohol just because it's legal. People are so people have such small brains. Mm -hmm. I'm not making it like I'm just a super intelligent guy. But it's so sad when you see some of these people who obviously have achieved higher education. Pretty much all of them have college degrees. But you still can't think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, look, a fucking cigarette is not even biodegradable. Mm -hmm. Like, you drop a joint, it could become a part of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) But a cigarette is not biodegradable. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you're driving down the road, you throw out a cigarette, you just did more harm to the earth. But it's legal. Yeah. If you throw a banana peel out the window, then it's okay. It's biodegradable. Yeah. So it's like it's crazy how just the way people think. Mm-hmm. Like, at it's not okay to throw a banana peel out the window. No, it's not okay. Oh, because you slip on it like Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's still littering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one start hitting that, that little donut you do when you hit the banana. Yeah, peel. You throw a banana peel and everybody starts spinning out on the road. Like, don't don't you throw that banana peel out there. You're gonna cause an accident. Okay, watch yourself. <laughs> Oh man! But I've seen people throw banana pills out. Yeah, it's not okay. You shouldn't be. But honestly, it's not pollution because it is biodegradable. It will become the earth. Yeah, it's still littering though. It's still littering, but it's a fucking banana pill, man. It's still littering. It look the look. You're feeding an animal on the side of the road too. You got like a lot of different road like skunks and and rats. So you're feeding the earth. Okay. <laughs> Please don't throw no banana pills out there. <laughs> you don't want anybody getting accidents. Don't throw banana pills out the window. That's comedy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, why I hate my job. I'll start with myself. Eddie, why do you hate your job? I know some people are thinking like, but I thought you liked being a truck driver. I thought you like not anymore. Let me explain why. It's been quite some time. <laughs> And it has nothing to do with the job itself. I hate my job because it's not my passion. Yeah. I'm not passionate about being a truck driver. Yeah. I take pride in what I do. I do a good job. I do a safe job, but I'm not, I don't take pride. I, I take pride, but it's not my passion. Every time I get on this microphone every week, I love what I do when I'm here. When I'm in this zone and I'm having this conversation and I'm, and I'm talking about things and I'm edgy on a microphone, this is what I want to do with my life. Driving a truck, dealing with dickhead people all day is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. A lot of you motherfuckers can't drive. You cut me off and flip me off. And, <laughs> and if it wasn't for me bringing you your fucking materials, such as whether, regardless what it is, if it's, if it's dirt, sand, rock, or, or, or gasoline, or whatever else it is. Like, if it wasn't for truck drivers... You guys wouldn't even be able to use those fucking sex toys you stick up your asshole every night. Okay, yeah. so have some more respect. The butt plugs. Yeah, you got you, these truck. These truckers be bringing all your butt plugs. Uh. That's a crazy job. <laughs> yeah, man. Pulling all every. The- <laughs> there's nothing that doesn't. Nothing in this country. Like the world would stop if truck drive if truck stopped. Yeah. 
if truck said if all the truckers in the United States said, I'm taking a day off, if we all took a strike, people would die. People would be fucked. Oh, we wouldn't they wouldn't die. It's yes, only they would. what do you mean? The the um, the stuff that if the our world were is like so cyclical that if like trucks stop because there's so there's so many different there's pills getting transported oh, on trucks there's you know different yes. medicines that people literally need to survive yes. there's, a, there's actually food like people are on the verge of dying already like if true if food stamps got somehow cut off like a lot of people would die because they don't they don't have a means to eat yeah but you don't they, they don't have a truck full of food stamps man no that's not what I'm saying oh. whatever they're trans they're transporting <laughs> oh, the food, food in general got yeah, you got yeah. you. I thought you said people have food stamps. I was like, what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the actual food. If they weren't gotcha. able to buy food, they would die. Yeah, and also food is perishable. So uh, it, some food is perishable. So if you have food that was supposed to be transported but it's on the truck, you know, the temperature might deviate and all the food goes bad. And now you have loads and loads of food that cannot be transported, which in turn affects the farmers and, and, and the people that, own that uh basically own that land and it's just a trickle a trickling effect mm-hmm. um but yeah man let's get back to the main point um i hate my job because it's not my passion and i think a lot of you listening hate your job too you know some and not all of you guys but a lot of you do a lot of you guys got your job because you said man i need to get a job that pays me a fair wage so i could take care of my family but not once did you think Oh, I want to do this for the rest of my I want to retire doing this. And you don't have to stick like you could literally find something you're passionate at. I didn't start a podcast till I was 33 years old. I just turned 34. And I think that this is something that I I plan to monetize as well as getting better as a comedian. And I would know that I could be a podcast personality. Me and Keith have been on this mic for fucking 52 weeks straight. This is episode 52, man. And it means so much to me that I can't see myself doing anything else than but this. Like, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. I want to make people feel good. I want to make people think. I want to make people laugh. I feel like that is the purpose God has for me. Not being a truck driver and dealing with fuckholes like, mm-hmm. <laughs> every day in traffic. People doing crazy stuff. Um and not feeling fulfilled. It's it's getting worse and worse for me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to work. I'm blessed to have a job that takes care of me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ungrateful. Not at all. But sometimes when I'm at work, I think what what gives what actually gives me joy is when I talk to Keith when I'm on on a truck and we talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We have conversations for an hour, an hour and a half. And we just we just can we could go nonstop having conversation. If me and Keith really wanted to release the amount of content that we were that we can, if all of our conversations on the phone were a podcast, we probably have over two hundred and fifty podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. That's no fucking lie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why I hate my job. It's not my passion. Yeah, I think that. You so initially before you, I think I think there's a like a, a transformation to the the actual hate. So it, exactly. it starts off like, oh, this is cool. I'm I'm making money. Then it's like, dang, I don't really 
it's then it kind of transforms into a dislike. Exactly. And then to a full fledged hate. Exactly. That's like Super Saiyan three. <laughs> <laughs> so like <clears throat> so but generally it starts off with like little complaints. Like, dang man, like uh, you know, these depending on where you work, if you're working at McDonald's or something. Like, man, my boss is always on me about, you know, flipping burgers faster or, you know, making sandwiches faster or something like that. Or yeah. they always want me to come in on my off yeah. days and it's a little little stuff like that. And then it re- and then you realize like Or if you're a prostitute, man, my dick hurt. Oh my God. Slanging <laughs> <laughs> too much dick. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. Yeah. But you, you 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 come to the realization that if you actually love something, you probably wouldn't be complaining about it. Exactly. Like we've never complained about like, oh dang, we gotta do another podcast. Never. Or, oh, I gotta you know, sometimes I do complain about writing with the finesse guys, but <laughs> only in my head. <laughs> but um but yeah, like if you if you genuinely you, you love doing something, you're not you're not gonna complain about it. But, you know, if you are complaining about something, you know, that that's your job, that's to me, that's a uh, an early stage of of uh, of showing that you hate your job. Exactly. Um, And I think it's our it's I think it's our job to find an exit. You exactly know, to, to an exit in a way to monetize your passion. Exactly because you don't want to be working freaking fifty years at a place no that you hate. Because I knew a, I knew a guy when I was when I my first job was at McDonald's and um, there was old this old he was like an OG there. Uh, he was probably like sixty years old and he kind of sh- he sh- he showed me the ropes there. He he was he was a guy that was like, hey, if you do this, you know, you do this for like a year, you can you can end up getting a raise. You know, I'm gonna teach you everything I know, so one one day you can eventually take over. He was a, he was a maintenance guy there, <clears throat> this older black dude, and um, we would have like super fruitful conversations. But at the same time, he would complain a lot. He would complain about the owner of the store. He would complain about you know certain employees at the store these you know 16 year old kids that are you know working there part time yeah. just to make a little bit of money maybe yeah. pay their insurance or something like that and um complaining about them how you know they're not really capable of doing the job that they're you know supposed to be doing stuff like that but he would constantly complain about these things and it's only because he wasn't supposed to be there we would always exactly. talk up all the time we were the only two people there that had any sort of post high school education he had he had like two three years of you know college education and at the time I had been going to school for like two and a half years and we were both there and we were like bro we're not supposed to be here we're supposed to be in school we're supposed to be teaching kids we're supposed to be you know doing stuff beyond selling McDoubles um (laughs) 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 oh shit (laughs) Yeah, but that but that was like it, it didn't dawn on me until now. We're just having this conversation, but that that's what he was going through. Yeah, because he wasn't you know he wasn't supposed to be doing that. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's it also it, it's sad because uh, let me give you a little bit of perspective on this too. Um, back in two thousand five, like to like two thousand eight, I worked at Sears when I was in college, and there were people that had been there way before I started at Sears. And Sears was a dying company back then, but I worked in what was called merchandise pickup, where I took heavier items to people's cars. 
and there was a couple like supervisors or people that worked there and they and uh they would complain and whatnot like oh they they gotta get this together or i I gotta get out of here and find another job and then to make a long story short, I ended up leaving there finding a better job, and I was still a kid at the time I was only like twenty two or twenty mm-hmm. twenty three when i when I left and I went back there about i don't know how many years ago, and there was the same people working there. We're talking over 10 years after I left. Grown adults that were crying about oh, how much they hate it and they never change it. I think the worst thing you could do with your life is complain about something and not even have the initiative to change it. Yeah. You're just sitting back. It's almost like it's almost like being uh, getting bullied, like a bully slapping you, holding you down and slapping you in the fucking face mm-hmm. against your will and you don't ever fight back. You just sit there and let the bully beat your ass. Yeah. And it's horrible, man. You can't let life bully you, man. When you know when you know that you have a passion, you gotta fight for it, man. Mm-hmm. This is my version of fighting back when I'm on this microphone every fucking week, putting out this content regardless of who loves it, who hates it, whatever. I know in my soul, I have great conviction and I, I know that I will get paid for doing this. Mm-hmm. And when I do, I'm gonna be glad that I stuck with it because there are so many people in this world that that tap out of things just because they're not getting the reception that they want. Yeah. They, they put out three podcasts and they're like, man, nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. Well, don't quit, motherfucker. Yeah. If you quit, then you're never going to know. Yeah. And I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. You're going to continue to hear me on here. I'm going to keep putting out this fucking content. Um, but yeah, I, as you can tell, the reason why I hate my job it's because I am passionate about something else. And yeah. as that passion grows, the more I hate the nine to five job. Yeah. Once I make it, man, my story, I feel like my story is going to be so great because I was a, I've, I've worked my ass off my whole life. I've been through so fucking much. Have it. been broke as fuck. Cars we possess. Garbage credit. Mm-hmm. All kind of all kind of different issues. That I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. And once I've reached the apex of success in my own life, that's when I'm just that's when I'm gonna be truly happy. Yeah. That I won't even have a job anymore. When you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. And going to a job after doing this podcast is the biggest drop off ever. <laughs> that's real. I think um for me, I I personally had to make a switch in my head. Like I was going to work and uh they they um all all jobs will sell you a dream. When you first what even if it's McDonald's, everyone knows McDonald's is not the greatest job in the world, but the yeah. people there will be like, you you'll get a lot of hours, you know, it's a great starting place, you know, you'll learn to communicate, you'll learn sales, you'll learn this, and you know, in the future you can, you know, move up in the in the company and maybe run McDonald's someday. It's a lie. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but any company will do that. I'm sure when Eddie started trucking, they was like, yeah, we're going to get you a lot of hours. You're going to get paid. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Then when he gets there, it's like it's like 70% of what they actually said. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened at my job. So, you know, we're we're um, I'm working with kids and the way they kind of described it or, or your perception of the job would be like, oh, 
you would think it would be one way, but then when you actually get there, you realize there's some of these kids are like semi hopeless. Some of them don't listen at all. They don't listen to their parents, so they're not going to listen to you. Um, some of these kids are like extremely intelligent, and they don't like you know they just don't care to you know conversate. Just all kind of stuff. You realize that you know you're dealing with like twenty, twenty four different personalities. Oh no! At their uh, all going through puberty at the same time. Four so. personalities. Yeah, not not like split or nothing. Yeah, it's but. like dealing with women, man. <laughs> so <laughs> there's probably like twelve women. So then you have to uh, multiply that, carry the one. I just play, but yeah. So it's just you know twenty you know twenty different kids with you know different personalities, different you know different problems going on in their home. So all this is on you, and you have to take care of these kids. You know, for a few hours out of the day. Which doesn't seem that bad, but when you're doing it constantly, and then when you when your passion lies elsewhere, exactly, you're almost like I don't care to take on all of these kids' problems. I'd rather no. be writing a movie. I'd rather Thank be you. you know focusing on a podcast. I'd rather be editing you know content to post on our social medias, exactly stuff like that. Um, but I had to make a switch in my mind. Like this is not like I'm not going to be here that long. I care about these kids individually. I hate this job. Exactly. So I'm gonna make sure um, I'm awa- I'm I'm woke for these kids. I'm gonna make sure I give them the best advice they can. I'm gonna exactly. make sure you know I, I try to leave them, uh, let them leave here better than they came. You know, put a smile on their face, exactly. face stuff like that. Um, but also, I have to remove myself from over caring. Because if you go in there like caring too much and then you realize that some of these kids don't want to be here. Some of these kids don't really like you like you just you're just another guy. Yeah. Um, So you have to remove yourself and then also realize that it's kind of like what Gary Vee talks about. He talks about you work a nine to five. But what are you doing for five to nine? There you go. So I'm using this job um, as it's just a job. Right. But I'm also using it as capital to uh, further my businesses outside of my job. You know what I mean? So every time I get my check from my job, I go invested in whatever I'm doing. I go invested in a podcast. I go invested in, you know, certain trips, you know, trips to L.A., to the comedy store. To, exactly. You know, we're, we're entertaining ourselves, but also studying and, you know, buying books and, you know, anything like that. So um, I think that's what. That's what a lot of people should do. There's a lot of people I, in conversation with me. I can I kind of get tired of telling people the same thing. Yeah, they'll be like, "Man, I, I wish I was you know I like I like clothes. I, I wish I had a clothing line or yeah, you know I want to sell stuff online or I had this, do something this idea." And I'm like, "Just do Just it. Fucking do it. Yeah, we're all gonna die, man. Yeah, we're I, all, we're all gonna die one day. Stop fucking yeah. saying I wish I wish. You're alive. Do yeah. something." Yeah, and and not everyone is like an entrepreneur. So when I try to like pitch certain ideas to them, um, it doesn't really set. It doesn't really set in. And I and I understand that everyone's not an entrepreneur. Exactly. But um, there's just always a way to monetize your passion. I feel like yeah. I just I just hate when people approach you with um, an idea and don't want to execute it. You exactly. Know what I mean? You used the word earlier, investment. I, I think that's the key word. 
I think that when you are invest, like you said, I don't want to care too much. I don't agree with that. I think that you don't want to overly invest yourself in something that you're not passionate about. Yeah. So I think that your energy towards your projects, this podcast, directing, all those things is where you want to invest your, you know, your your time more because Mm -hmm. creating things is what you're passionate about. Yeah. So it's like for me. When I'm at work, I feel like I'm not using, I'm not in my creative space. Mm -hmm. I'm in a truck. You know, it's it's hard, and I'm in a truck a lot. So it's it's hard for me to create um, these comedy bits while I'm driving a loud ass truck. Mm -hmm. I typically I created my whole first bit, but it's not the best creative space to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I would I would have created at least five or six totally different bits right now had it not been for that. I take time to write jokes. I have a whole tablet of of a bunch of different jokes that I've written out. Um, but it's just like you rather be investing all of your time. Like with me and Keith, we talk about it. Can you imagine if we were able to invest all of our time into this, into directing film, into podcasting, into comedy, into acting, into all these things? If we were able to have 24 hours to do what we wanted can you imagine where we would be right now especially if you don't have to worry about no money only reason why we work jobs is obviously you know for monetary purposes you know to pay bills and whatnot to live life yeah but honestly i don't want to work anymore yeah i'm i'm fucking wanna i want to be done with this shit i'm only 34 and i want to just be done with the whole working thing like i'm done with it yeah in my mind i've already retired I want to give all of my time to my passion. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing is I realize the reality of the situation is I am working. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But do I hate my job? That is why. Mm-hmm. That is why I hate it. It has more to do with me than the job. Yeah. Sometimes you just outgrow places too. Exactly. Yeah. You can You can be, you know doing something and it's even you know the most easiest job my job is not that difficult exactly it's 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 a lot of communicating um but outside of that it's not very difficult it it doesn't take you know any real manual labor it's just you know you you essentially babysitting and um still even that is just like and i only work part-time so it's like even with that i still dread going into work sometimes but it's only because it's not my passion exactly mm-hmm. exactly there's some people that are passionate about things that don't pay that much you know but at the end of the day they love it so when they go to work that day they're not working mm-hmm. there's some people that, that are school teachers that love kids they love the experience they love the the whole stimulus around the whole thing and um they basically go to work and they yeah. don't ever work a day in their life because they love the impact on a kid's life yeah, they love going to the you know to the hallways and you know uh, talking to the other faculty members. And mm-hmm. They actually love being a teacher. So yeah, I, I like to send a huge shout out to all the teachers, all the educators out there. Yeah, for that, sure. That really love what you do. Yeah, uh, you mean a whole lot. It mm-hmm. don't don't ever lose sight of that. Yeah. Um, I and, see. I see. I don't know if I see a. I don't really communicate with enough teachers mm-hmm. um, when I'm there. Yeah, but. I do see a few that seem to genuinely care about the kids and that kind of, that, that, that does bring me a certain level of joy. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, especially with all the things going on in this world, 
I think that any 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 teacher who has taken on a role to actually play a pivotal role in a child's life, it's a huge deal because it could be the difference between something great and then or something bad. Yeah. And um I think just, you, you I think you need certain teachers in your life to or I I guess teachers just because you go to school for like what, like thirteen years out of your twelve years out of your life or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, thirteen including kindergarten. Um so I think you need certain teachers along the way to be like, hey, you're really smart. Hey, you can, you know, if you just put your mind to this, you can do this. You know, if you study a little bit harder, you actually have some potential. And, you know, all, that always sticks in the back of your mind. And um, at least for me, it did. And I'd be like, dang, actually, like, because growing up, I was just and I missed school a lot. Like, you know, moving from, you know, different cities. And um, I finally kind of settled in in Bakersfield. And uh, started living with my grandma. She worked at, she worked at the school. So, just her being, her presence on on the campus kind of increased my, uh, I don't know what you call it. She was like an, I would not overbearing, but she was like a figure that yeah. almost made sure that I was always doing good in school. Made sure, you know, she she taught me how to write and you know to to have you know good handwriting and stuff like that. So. Um, just that that atmosphere along with like certain teachers um instilling you know studying habits and you know just allowing me to be yeah. myself um that takes you you know that that takes you uh, a long way in life yes i call those seed planters yeah a lot of times teachers will plant a seed that you never seen in yourself yeah, and then it kind of takes you from there. Just like uh, the the was it is the director or the fucking producer of the Black Panther, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, his yeah. teacher. Yeah, the the um, mm-hmm. was it the English teacher, or yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they even got along. Yeah, they did. They never even got along. But um, he was a football player, and she did. She had it out for uh, student athletes. She really didn't like them. Like she mm-hmm. felt that a lot of them were lazy and whatnot. Yeah. But he wrote a script. It was, I think, it was. Yeah, I think they had an assignment in class, and um, it it was a it was supposed to be like a autobiography or something. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but basically she read it. Basically she read it, and she was like, "Hey, you should be a you should be a screenwriter. You should write movies." Uh, just based on the way that he was, you know, super descriptive in in the way he wrote the right he wrote the essay, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, she sparked the flame that became Ryan Coogler. Yeah. So Black Panther would not even be around had this teacher not, you know, yeah. mentioned that. And I, that's so powerful, man. Like, we underestimate the amount of impact that we can have mm-hmm. on uh, whether it be the youth or a friend or family yeah. member. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's somebody that doesn't see that they may be they may be a rapper. Like, mm-hmm. oh, for example, Charlamagne the God is another one. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne was a rapper and was terrible at it. And a mentor told him, look, you fucking trash. Like, yeah. you, you cannot rap, but you are an amazing radio personality. You need to stick to radio. Uh-huh. And he was like, uh, uh, okay. And he stuck to radio. And now he is the biggest on one of the biggest radio shows. Mm-hmm. And they're on like 90 different markets, mm-hmm. you know, all over the world. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes to show you that people plant seeds, man. Yeah. And sure, uh, we definitely went off on a tangent there, but yeah, it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on. Um, 
toxic femininity in play. Uh, me and Keith are kind of we're kind of revisiting a topic we talked about with toxic femininity, but now we have uh, like real accounts, yeah, first-handed accounts of it happening. Mm-hmm. All right, is up to something. Yeah, the holes are no good. Up to no good. <laughs> holes out here trying to grab dick. <laughs> nah, man, go ahead and you, you give yours first, and I'll give mine second. Yeah. So um, basically, what happened? I went I went into the mall to exchange some pants. And I'm walking by, and I kind of got suckered in a little bit. Um, so there, in the mall, there's all kind of kiosks, you know, people selling toys and sandals and T-shirts and all kind of stuff like that. Um, but I passed by one one little kiosk, and there's this, I don't know, she, she had to be maybe from South, South America, or she might have been from, like, the Middle East. Um <clears throat> So she passes by and she's like, I don't even know how she caught my attention because normally I'd be like, I'd be streamlined to my destination in there because all these people in the kiosk be so annoying. Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, yeah. Let me hey, clean your shoes. Hey, what's up, big dog? How you doing, brother? <laughs> when you black, they really be fucking, yeah. hey, my brother. What's yeah. going on, man? Like, dude, yeah. How about yeah. you fucking go to hell? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, she caught my attention somehow. Um, and she was selling like skincare products. So she's like, Hey, this is for you. And I, Oh, she was passing out a sample. I think that's what really caught my attention. I was expecting to take the sample and just walk on. And then I was like, well, I'm already kind of, I'm already kind of over here. I can't be rude and, you know, just walk away. So I let her give her a whole spiel in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm not going to buy any of this, but you know, she has a job to do. So whatever. So at first she has like this, this like skincare products, this like cotton swab thing she rubs it on my hand and she's like this is uh she's like basically going over the product this is you know this is our cream or this is our uh i don't know what she called it some sort of like rub on thing that you rub on your skin and she uh takes a cotton swab and then she starts to rub it off she's like you see what's happening here you see what's happening here this is all your dead skin going away i was like oh this is pretty crazy she's like well why don't you come over here and sit down i was like shh <laughs> She was kind of, she kind of swindled me. <laughs> so I go sit down and I'm like, dang, this is interesting. Um, and then that's when she starts to kind of infuse this like feminine aura on top of me. She like, um, so she goes to the other products and she, she rubs a little bit more on my hand and she's kind of describing the products and she's moving like closer and closer to me. Like I'm sitting down in this chair and she's moving like closer and closer to me. She has like a like a a semi like she, her accent isn't super thick, but some words that she was saying was like kind of like difficult to understand what she was saying. So part of like her, I had her like repeat multiple words uh, over and over. But basically, she's going over the products, and then she start putting out. She start bringing out like the the products that she wanted to sell to me instead of like the sample sizes. So. She's like, boom, you could get this right here. She was like, this is this is not that expensive at all. It's not that expensive at all. She was like, it also comes with this. This is free. If you buy this product right here, you get this product for free. You get this product for free. This right here is like basically a cream for after you wash your face. This right here is like the salt that you can rub on your skin and it you know gets rid of all the dry stuff. So she's going over you know these products and she was like, I can sell you this for like one fifty. And I was like, what the heck? Like one fifty? I'm not. <laughs> I'm a heterosexual male. I ain't spending one fifty on nothing that got nothing to do with my face. <laughs> I spend it on some shoes though. But uh 
So um, she's going over and I'm just like, eh, I can't really do that. Uh, but she was almost like, instead of saying like, do you want this? She was almost like, are you going to pay with a, with cash or are you going to pay with a credit card? And I was like, what? I didn't even say I wanted this product. Um, but she was almost like assuming that I was going to buy it. So I was like, ah, I don't really, I can't really do it. And then she was like, well, let me knock the price down to like 120. And she was like, um, and I was like, ah, I can't do it. I'm be like, I'm be real with you. I don't get paid until Tuesday. Um, I'm not going to spend any money that I have right now until Tuesday. And she was like, well, you're going to the mall. Right, I mean, you're going into Tilly's right now. I see you got a bag. I was like, I'm not spending money. I'm going in there to exchange these pants to get yeah. a different, to d- get a different pair of pants. And then she was like, well, um, how much money? She was just kind of going through it. Like, how much are you willing to spend? I was like, I'm not really willing to spend anything. Like, I don't get paid until Tuesday. I keep telling you this. I get a clue. Yeah. So she was like, what if I knock it down to $100? And then uh, I was like, um, I was like, I don't know. And then she started bringing out, like, different pictures. Uh, I'm kind of, like, jumping back and forth. But she started bringing out different pictures and showing me results of this people's skin. So she was like, this is after one week. Boom. She turned it over. She was like, this is after... Um, this is after two weeks. She was like, boom, this is after three weeks. The guy's face was like completely clear. I was hoping there was some sort of news in there that I, she would randomly stumble across of her, but that didn't happen. So, <laughs> 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 so she showed me like three pictures of, you know, dudes that got, you know, that cleared up their face in the course of a month or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So, um, she started doing stuff. She started doing like these weird, like her sexuality started to go like the further and further I pushed away from buying it, the more and more sexual she started getting. So she, I was like, ah, I can't really do it for a hundred dollars. Like I, I, like I said before, I don't get paid till Wednesday. I mean till Tuesday. And then she whispered in my, she kind of like leaned over and started whispering in my ear, like, just keep this between us. I can do it for ninety dollars. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why are you whispering? Like, it's this is the mall. Like, why are you whispering to me? <laughs> um. Then I was like, nah, I can't really do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then she was like, all right. So she she had her she, she had her phone in her hand after showing me the pictures. She put it down on a table, and then she hit six and nine. She was like, I can do it for this price right here. And I was like, what the? Like, <laughs> she really put 69 on her phone and showed it to me. Like, the just the sexuality was just overbearing at a certain point. And, like, for whatever reason... Those tactics that she was using, um, she felt like, you know, I'm some sort of like, I don't know, I'm not really a guinea pig, but I, yeah. she felt like I was some sort of like, um, like cliche guy that is just going to come yeah. in there and, you know, she's going to do some, you know, try to like arouse me in a sense. And then I was going to spend $150 on, you know, some Stupid. products. Yeah. There are two things that are incredibly alarming. One of them is that she went down from 150 to $69. Yeah. So I was like, how much is this fucking shit? Yeah. Secondly, that symbolism is crazy. It's too. ridiculous. Yeah. Secondly, it's like, ladies, you got to stop treating us like we're walking around with erect penises all day. Yeah. Okay. I'm not walking around with a boner all mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So don't treat us. Don't treat us like we are. Yeah, I know women have this perception of us like we're just horn dogs and we just want to fuck everything. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of us are like that, but there are a lot of us men who um, simply do use our brains. Yeah. And we're not going to let you take advantage of us and make us buy something just because you're having given us all these different like sexual innuendos. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. And I think if it was a man 
that was pressing the issue on a woman that way, she would be so uncomfortable that someone would find out about it. Mm-hmm. Someone would file a complaint or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've had, literally, we talked about it, I've had women grab on me before. I had women grab my penis. I've, I've All kinds of shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. And I think just as a man, you kind of just take it and you're like uh, what yeah you know and the thing about it is is like the narrative is always so one-sided it's always man hurts woman man touches woman man says inappropriate comment Mm -hmm. you know how many women have told me crazy shit Mm -hmm. crazy shit and i'm just like uh okay you know yeah 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 like this whole mall situation is ridiculous Mm -hmm. like that that what keith went through today that was just ridiculous yeah especially the, the sexual shit it's like you went from being professional trying to sell me a product. Then you talked it down. Then you put the, then you went all the way. To, you came within a blowjob of selling me a fucking, yeah. like, come on, man. I would have took the blowjob. <laughs> and still walked away without spending money. Yeah. I was like, I love free blowjobs. Yeah. Like, you, come, it, you come back Tuesday, okay? You come back now. <laughs> The thing was, it, it was almost, it's, uh, it reminded me of um, when we talked about females like walking their way out of, you know, yeah. uh, potential opportunity with you or whatever. Yeah. Um, that same, I felt that same sort of like, uh, that that same sort of feeling like the more and more she pushed towards trying to sell the product, the more and more I got turned off. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I think that you you give it a shot. Once it doesn't work out, you need to be able to read people's body language. Mm-hmm. I think that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, ladies, stop pressing up on men that don't want to be pressed up on. Yeah. Okay. Stop assuming that we, like I said, stop assuming that we walk around with erect penises all day yeah. and treat us treat us the way we deserve to be treated, just like yeah. the way we should be treating women. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to, we need to kiss your ass and you need to kiss our ass. Just read body language. Yeah. It's it's all in how we react. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let me give you my example. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, before you move on, that is interesting. We kind of glanced over that that that? point that you brought up. If she goes down, she went all, she went all, well, she was taken away because she, she kind of sold the 150 thing as a package. Got it. So she had like four or five products with it. Yeah. She was taking away certain products and then making it a $69 thing. But still, like you were saying, how much, like, how, what is the real value of this product if you went all the way from 150 to 69? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's what that's crazy. Mm-hmm. All the way to sixty nine dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like I think she was trying to get you to buy. Like it, it's somehow she was like, I don't know, trying to incentivize that. I, I guess like she probably got an incentive mm-hmm. for selling so much of something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just didn't disclose that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's always some shit with those kiosks. Yeah. You know, so yeah, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, nah, but me, mine's just a day, man. I went to uh, to to rent a shop vac, like a. Uh, a fucking uh, a shampoo or floor shampoo from Lowe's. I go up in there today and uh, I get helped by one of the clerks there. And she's kind of got a pretty cool sense of humor. Uh, older woman, probably like in her, you know, in middle aged woman, probably in mid mid forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking and we're like, la- like kind of laughing a little bit. She's like, "Yeah, a lot. Some customers are really uptight. They don't have a personality." I was like, "Yeah, I don't understand people. It's, a lot of people are like that. They take everything. They want. They're too politically correct. You know, mm-hmm. people got to loosen up." So mm-hmm. we're having these little cheap talk, and then she comes back with the little um, the the carpet cleaner, and she said it comes with the hose. Like, um, she's like, uh, "Do you want to uh, add the hose on there?" And I was like, "How much extra?" She's like, "Oh, it's five dollars." 
So she's like, yeah, you want to, uh, you want the holes so you know how to work it. Mm-hmm. And like, she looked at me like, kind of like glanced, like smiling, like you want the holes so you know how to work it, huh? Wow. This is a guy, yeah. I swear, swear to God, <laughs> honest to God, true. And then I kind of laughed it off, but I thought about it. And I said, if the shoe was on the other motherfucking foot. Yeah. If the shoe was on the other foot, women, stop treating us like we walking around with the erect penis all fucking day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might be real flaccid. Yeah, I'll be just chilling. <laughs> I'll be chilling. Man. <laughs> I'm a comedy. My dick be having the snooze button on. <laughs> <laughs> that might be dormant, but yeah. when it's up, it's up. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah man. But it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me how society doesn't see this. It's always this one-sided narrative of men abusing something in regards to the way they're talking to women or this and that. And yeah, we're always viewed as these horrible people, but this is taking place from everyone. Yeah. Ladies, I know if you're not the one doing it, you got a friend that is blunt that will walk right up to a man and grab him by his arms or, uh, you know, put it, put her hands on his chest. Mm-hmm. Cause women are not afraid to touch you mm-hmm. when they like you. Women are going to touch you, but where, and where is it okay for men to put our hands on women? Mm-hmm. Like we can't we can't display the same aggression that you guys can. Yeah, that's another thing that's you know, uh, but it's just weird. It's, yeah. it's it's weird that um these situations take place all the time. They've happened to me a countless amount of times. Mm-hmm. Am I trying to sit here and complain and look like a victim? No. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm trying to give you perspective because um, toxic femininity is real, man. Mm-hmm. It's real. If we can acknowledge that toxic masculinity is real, which it is, and male privilege is real, which it is, then we got to start holding women accountable for the shit they be doing. Yeah. We can't sit here and act like that shit is only happening to one fucking, one fucking way. Yeah. I I can't even fathom a guy in the mall at a kiosk um, selling, you know, maybe, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but maybe like, maybe he would be selling those sort of like face facial uh facial i don't know what you call it creams and, and, and washes and stuff yeah if he was like that sexually aggressive to a woman that would be crazy oh yeah yeah that'd be crazy it's just this assumption that men are just supposed supposed to be okay with it yeah like oh, all they talk about all they think about is sex anyways all they think about like honestly i'm not thinking about pussy all the time you know what i think about more than pussy yeah food <laughs> that's real hey, you know the cra- you know the craziest thing this is like i think women peg men wrong um most don't, of the don't, time don't say that bro no this is i'm going to support it with evidence no you said women peg men oh that's disgusting you nasty no no <laughs> <laughs> some but, people are into that shit man <laughs> fucking weird go ahead man that's the wrong hole <laughs> You sound like Bill Clinton you said that. <laughs> oh, Hillary, that's the wrong hole. Uh, America. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky. Uh, that's funny. But no, they um so they had they had those um those YouTube videos where they would you know, it's you know, they set up the candid camera and, you know, hide in the bushes and then they would have a a girl go out there 
Um, but in uh, in this video, they had a girl out there basically offering to sleep with guys. Oh, wow. Like, hey, you should come back to the crib. You know? Oh, like, yeah. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. And it was like <clears throat> probably 10 guys. And nine out of 10 guys was like, nah, I'm cool. Like, I'm not really comfortable with going yeah. to. Yeah. And I was like, there was one guy that was kind of like, oh, like, like, let's go. Let's go. We can do this. Oh. Um, and then she eventually told him it's just a it's just a YouTube video. But it... it um, it tripped me out that nine out of the ten guys, uh, you know, basically turned her down. It's a small sample size, so it doesn't tell the full story. Exactly. But at the same time, it's like more guys actually think like Eddie and I than most women probably think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's kind of ironic. It, well, I don't even want to bring that up. We'll talk about that another time, the whole mm-hmm. Instagram thought situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's crazy how much... Uh, women put sex on a platter as if that's something that the only thing we care about. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine recently and um, he talked about like, you know, hey, he fucked a lot of chicks, a lot of really hot chicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that now, you know, he's been talking to a, a a girl for a while now and he's settling down with her. And I was like, man, that's great, man. He's in his mid thirties, you know, and uh, I was like, man, that's cool that you found somebody that's cool. And she was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, she doesn't look nearly as good as the woman that I used to deal with, which I, I, I care about. I love her because she's a grinder. She's a good mother. You know, she she's just a good person. I mm-hmm. was like, that's what that's what I'm talking about. And he says that some of the girls that he used to fuck will inbox him and say, like, you're settling for that. Like, yeah. you, you, you're settling for that. It's so shallow. It's so shallow. It's yeah. like you're putting more value on yourself because you think because you look good that that equi- equ- like equates to value when that is so inaccurate. Yeah, that's so incredibly inaccurate. Yeah, I, I'd rather set, I, not settle. I'm actually by a, as a man by you dealing with a woman who has like credibility in this world. I'd rather get a girl that's a six, mm-hmm. a solid six. Over a woman who's a nine or ten that is shallow like that. Yeah. Because the woman that's a six is going to give me something that that nine could never give me. That mm-hmm. nine could only give me pussy. But that six, that she probably six. probably got good head. Who, the, who does? The six. Oh, the six got all the head. <laughs> <laughs> she got to overcompensate because she don't look that good. Yeah, man. It's all good because the six, not only do you love her and you yeah. care about her. Uh, but yeah, that head and <laughs> and like she does things for your soul, man. She's a friend. Yeah, yeah. you could trust her with your life. Yeah, um, trust her with your finances. With your, she could be the mother of your kids. A mm-hmm. woman like that offers you so much more. Yeah, but for some reason, women just think that putting sex out on the platter—that's all we want. Yeah, our penises are wrecked all day long. Like exactly, you post all these thirst traps. You got your booty all out because you think that's what we want. You think we walk around with hard dicks all day. I feel like extremely attractive women are always single, anyways. A lot of them because they getting fucked and left. Yeah, some of the most attractive women get dicks in their mouth, and then nobody cares about them. Yeah. I know that sounds horrible, but to be honest. Even women that are highly attracted that are in relationships, that is not a real relationship. That is a situation that's going to end. Mm-hmm. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've some of the best looking people. It's not just we're not just putting this to women. The most some of the most attractive people that I've seen, like look at J Lo. She's been divorced fucking six five times. Mm-hmm. This is her sixth marriage. That's crazy. This is Jennifer Lopez we're talking about. Jennifer Lopez is a. Uh... 
is an example that you should never give up. <laughs> Shout out to Puerto Rico. Man. Shout out to Puerto Rico. That's funny. Yeah, man. Some of the best looking people, some of the best looking men, women in this world yeah. do not have the most fruitful relationships because a lot of their relationships are based in aesthetics. Mm. They're not based in if you Damn. if you got two ugly people, I'm not trying to be fucked up, but if you got two ugly people, the chances of them having a better relationship is higher than two really good looking people. Yeah. Because two good looking people more than likely have a have uh have are were attracted to each other because of aesthetics, not because of a deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. So it with, with them, the love that they have truly lies on not beneath the surface, but above it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how much can you get from that? Like, yeah. we may look good together out at the at a bar somewhere. We might look good together, you know, uh, out at a fancy dinner. But like, what are you doing for my soul? Like nothing, yeah. you know. You Jennifer, I think I think that that also, um, these sort of things. Like your your, your buddy said, he's in his mid thirties now. Yeah, he's thirty five. He probably wouldn't have been able to be in a real relationship with that person when he was twenty one. Exactly. Twenty one, you like, man, I I want the baddest wife in the world. I want my yeah. I want my girl to be a you know, a, a vixen and yeah, know, a centerfold or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. But you got you, you kinda mature into that. So that's Exactly. Dope. It's mm-hmm. a process for us men. Mm-hmm. So like it, I feel bad for any of the young women that were like only like twenty three but they knew what they wanted because everyone's not wired the same. There were some women that were 23 that didn't need a whole phase and they didn't need to fuck a bunch of guys and they wanted to get married and have kids, mm-hmm. but they had a man that was cheating on them all the time. And the thing about it is, is like people, young people in general need time. Mm-hmm. They need time to grow. And I feel like me as a man, especially now, I know that at 23, the women that I chased and that I wanted, that was, oh God. Yeah. That's why when I see a guy my age and he's dating a chick that's like 20, I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I know you're fucking this chick, but to be in a relationship with her. And then, first of all, I can't I don't even want to fuck with a chick that young. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 34. I'm I'm damn near old enough to be her dad. Yeah. Like, she's going to be doing all the new dances and shit. Yeah. I'm not going to know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God. And then when she calls me daddy, it's going to feel awkward. <laughs> so, look, look here. I, look, I don't know your dad. Yeah. Didn't you go to high school with my dad? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fucking James is your dad? Oh my god. <laughs> I used to play ball with that guy. Oh man, we played football together for three years. I used to play ball with that guy. Now you're playing with my ball. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a wonderful world it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I, we went we, on a whole tangent. We went on a whole fucking tangent. Yeah. It's all good, man. Uh, this is kind of a question, but not really. But mm-hmm. are comedians and podcast personalities becoming more credible than politicians and news anchors? Yeah. I will say yes. And the reason why is because you got people like uh, John Stewart, Charlemagne the God, Joe Rogan. Uh, what they do is when they get on their platforms, they, they tend to ask the tough questions and they tend to say things that these news outlets can't say because they're trying to be too politically correct. But at the same time, they overly sensationalize the news and cause division amongst the whole country. Mm-hmm. 
You look at a, you look at fucking like CSNBC and you look at Fox News and then the news is either biased and totally catering towards liberals or biased and totally catering towards conservatives. Mm-hmm. And it's like this whole fucking thing is fucked. The only time I get real uncut information is when I'm listening to Joe Rogan or when I'm listening to the Brilliant Idiots podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I love getting uncut information from podcasts. And I feel like me and Keith, whenever we do touch on any topics, we have a huge responsibility to be as transparent and as uncut as we can because all this fucking news that you're digesting every day is the same regurgitated bullshit that you've been getting for years that's causing you to think the way you're thinking. You may hate somebody you have never seen just because you keep watching Fox News every day. Mm -hmm. All those Muslims, they're going to get it one day. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Hold on, man. Mm-hmm. You hate Muslims, but what's the last time you had a conversation with one? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're watching this news that's spreading this fucking <clears throat> bullshit propaganda, and you can't think for yourself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got these uh, these podcasts that are giving you just long form. That's another thing. A podcast is a long form edition of anything when like if if it is if it's anything in inform like inform, information based whether it's financial or political or whatever mm-hmm. it's the long form version on the news there could be somebody just going on a, a on a fucking rant for 3 minutes and they're yelling back and forth not letting each other talk yeah. and you didn't learn anything and then they cut to commercial and they cut to commercial you mean to tell me you got the nerve to cut to commercial and all you did was look at two fat conservatives fucking complain and <laughs> yell at each other? Yeah. Like, no, man. This, you're, we're not getting the truth. Another form of truth-telling is comedians. Comedians are extreme truth-tellers, especially when they're a person that kind of has, you know, a, a higher intellect. Mm-hmm. Like a guy like Joe Rogan, a guy like Bri- Brian Callen. Uh-huh. Uh, a guy like uh, there's so many other highly intelligent comedians that will mask like they'll they'll mask something within the jokes mm-hmm. like they like we will feel a certain way and they will they will like deliver a joke that will make us feel like, huh, I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one that felt that way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I feel. I think that. I was reading, I was skimming through this article. I wish I could re- could have read it in its totality, but it talked about the what what the issues were with mm-hmm. some of this uh, some of these news outlets. One of the one of the big issues was that instead of um, instead of finding the honesty or the truthfulness in a uh, in a statement that th- these news outlets are making. Um, Basically, they were saying like they would rather rush to to be the first story versus actually putting out the the real the real truths and the real facts about a story. Exactly. So they they it's just rush to be first all the time because they want to you know they want to break a story. Yeah. Um. So that's part of the reason why you know the these outlets are uh are being looked down upon. And then um, another thing is that um it's growing like. Maybe this is like a you know a social media thing or a new millennium thing, where consumers are more engaged with uh, people versus like news outlets. So instead of me looking at Fox News, I'd rather go see what Ben Shapiro is talking about. 
You know what True. I mean? Instead of, you know, going to whatever whatever news outlet, I'll go to the Breakfast Club and listen to what, see what Charlemagne and God is exactly. talking about and Andrew Lee is talking about. So um, that's that, that's just the, the shift that has been going on. And I feel like <clears throat> because a lot of these people are self-employed, they don't have to um they don't have to answer to anybody so they can be honest they can be their full honest selves all the time you know they don't really they generally i think that you know the guys at the breakfast club have a boss but charlemagne is like he's his own entity like if he leave the breakfast club he'll go to whatever other he'll go he won't go to high 97 but yeah you know he'll go to any he'll probably come to la and you know do a show right after big boys neighborhood and you know and still kill um, cause he's bigger than that show, but, um, you know what I mean? This is, that's just what comes with, um, being honest. You know what I mean? He, 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 he made his name on always, you know, telling his truth. So, you know, that's definitely. And when you have guys like Charlamagne God and other guys like Joe Rogan and whatnot, and even Joe Budden, um, I, I just find it, I find them more genuine because they have a platform where they could be themselves. Okay, Charlemagne says something recently when he talked about Fox News because they all went on there. If you listen to, if you watch Fox News, go ahead. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, tell you what to watch and whatnot because most news is biased, anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, he said that a lot of these news outlets are jealous. They're jealous because they can't ask the questions we can ask. Mm-hmm. He said because uh, uh, Charlemagne asked. Uh, Kamala Harris about her blackness right and he's like uh, do, do you feel like he said I forgot the question he asked her but he, he he didn't question her blackness but he asked her about it and he said I know that somebody on Fox News could never do that mm-hmm. because they wouldn't even even if it was somebody black on there they wouldn't be allowed to ask that question so he says on my platform I have the ability to ask these tough questions and actually get a response out of these people mm-hmm. like he was asking um, uh, he was asking uh different candidates if they believed in reparations and it's like yeah you like none of these other outlets are able to do that mm-hmm. you know so I, I find that really intriguing and it, it also gives me something to to work towards especially being a part of the podcast realm yeah and the and comedy mm-hmm. um uh, but Charlemagne, like you said he's his own entity so i mean he's on the podcast he has his own podcast which is the brilliant idiots podcast with andrew shows as well his co-host shout out to andrew um and I mean, to me, especially as a truck driver, I love getting information, even when I don't necessarily agree with people like Ben Shapiro. Uh, there's a lot of things I disagree with Ben on, but I also agree with him on a lot of points. And I think he's highly intelligent and uh, he has a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's important to listen to people you don't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. uh, because it says more about you. And you could also learn from people that you necessarily don't like. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Definitely been t- t- uh, checking in on Ben Shapiro. They've called Ben Shapiro all kind of racist. Yeah. They have riots at colleges when he comes through. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's important to actually listen to people you disagree with. Mm-hmm. The thing that um, you could, I guess you can say and feel however you want to about Ben Shapiro, but it's, it's there's no reason to really riot. It's just, he's just giving an opinion. And I, the thing that I respect about him is I think he really believes what he's saying. I don't, to me, it doesn't feel like he, he's saying stuff to, you know, excite a crowd or something like that. I feel like he's genuinely, you know, 
having these conversations because this is what he's 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 really standing firm on his beliefs. I feel like somebody like you know Tommy Loren. I feel like sometimes she just says stuff to um, to pander to the conservatives or yeah. whatever to make whatever her her audience her target audience is exactly yeah yeah it's just it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all it is. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of short formed news or um breaking news you're trying to break a story whenever i see breaking news and then this article about trump i just ignore it and the reason why is not so much trump it's the fact that you're finding anything and connecting it it's like you're using donald trump as a fucking headline for everything yeah breaking news donald trump ate cereal like <laughs> who gives a fuck <laughs> i don't give a fuck what you have for breakfast man <laughs> it's ridiculous dude yeah that was it was that huge story that where he was buying um the the, the people that won the championships burger king and yeah like a bunch of fast food yeah and it's like look at the end of the day man at the end of the day i i, I didn't think it was a good move buying all that fast food these are college athletes and i'm pretty positive they eat way better than that at their campus but at the same time a lot of I, college athletes be eating fast food though they be eating fast food too but these guys are fucking division one colleges have you seen the way these motherfuckers look yeah these guys look like like but machines they still be eating fast food bro yeah I bet they, they do yeah but like a buff they have their own chow hall like they have their own area where they feed these athletes yeah but I'm pretty sure they still be eating some McNuggets here and heck there. yeah you know getting McNuggets <laughs> yeah but dude um I'm not obsessed or infatuated with the stories that follow our president. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, what did he do today? What did he do today? What can I be outraged about right now? Yeah. Let me check out the news. Oh, so he's just going to drink a bottle of water? <laughs> the kids in Africa ain't had no water? <laughs> so that's what our president is about? Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It's news the way he drinks water. Like, could, could, fucking stop it already, man. Yeah. Look, I, I could definitely, I consider myself liberal, but I'm going to be real. A lot of liberals have lost their fucking mind out here. Mm-hmm. They have lost. They are batshit crazy, man. Yeah, conservatives are annoying. I think that they're they're like they're equal in the way that there's like there's like a equal extreme yeah. on both sides. I think I think people nowadays don't want. I don't even know if it's a nowadays thing. I think people just don't want any nuance to them. Exactly. They want to be extremely whatever. Like Exactly. I want to be super pro black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah, point. So Yeah, there's no yeah, they don't see the nuance in, in somebody else's stance, only their own. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm super pro black. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to be black. Black, black, I'm, black, black. I'm super conservative. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to be conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-guns. Mm-hmm. I don't want this Black Lives Matter movement happening in my town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of shit, man. Yeah. All kinds of unimportant shit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that people aren't talking. That's another problem. Mm-hmm. Talk. Yeah. I don't have a problem talking to somebody I disagree with. I told Keith a long time ago, I would have no problem having an interview with a fucking neo-Nazi. Now, and the reason why I say that is not because I'm trying to get clicks or, hey, the black guy interviews Nazi. I want to know what makes his brain work. I want to know why the fuck he feels the way he feels. I don't want to condemn him. I want to mm-hmm. know what's going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could 
you know, maybe I could somewhat educate this guy. And if I can't, I'll still take something away from this this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy. It wasn't Black Klansman. It was another dude that he collects the garments from uh, or the robes from Klansmen once they leave the Klan. Mm-hmm. And he started talk. Is a black man, by the way. Can't remember his name. But he was having conversations with Klan members over the years. And he had so many conversations with these Klan members that he was making them quit the Klan one by one by one. And once they left the Klan, he would take their robes and collect them. And he is still friends with a lot of those Klan members to this day. And and none of them are are in the Klan actively and none of them have racist values. Mm -hmm. You know how powerful that is? Yeah. That's powerful. That's crazy. This dude had dialogue and discourse with people who hated him simply for being black. And he was able to break them down so much that they left the fucking Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's everybody. that should be everybody's goal. I'm just saying that we got to start talking, man. I think that in school you should be required to take a debate class. Oh, my God. Because especially the... I think these comment sections on social media and um, even conversations that people are having about, you know, just whatever. Where there's so much media out there. There's always going to be these polarizing exactly. um, ideas. Like, so I feel like if we had to take a, a debate class in high school or junior high or whatever, like we would be able. I just feel like people should be able to lose an argument. Like exactly. they're not going to win every argument. And I feel like some people will argue to the point um to no end and then they just won't admit that they lost the argument exactly and then they just keep going and going and going until they you know old and gray and they die and they probably be on their deathbed like lebron james is still better than michael (laughs) you're like bruh this is over with (laughs) yeah it's like basically people it's like they 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 have the inability here you know what it's kind of ironic i posted about this on facebook i posted something like that kind of mirrors that. Let me read this verbatim. All right, this is what I said. I said, when people are losing an argument on Facebook, they'll conflate two things that don't speak to the main topic in order to change the narrative. I find it sad that people will do almost anything in order to win an argument on social media. The more unfortunate thing is there is no trophy or financial compensation for winning Facebook arguments. This is an ongoing phenomenon. That has a simple solution, but people have the inability to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Let it go, man. It ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. People don't know how to talk. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is they will, they'll compare apples and oranges just to prove their point and get away from the main topic and then argue about that when in actuality, it was never even derived from the main topic. Mm-hmm. This is horrible, man. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. All right, moving on. Last one here. Hang in there, Keith. And Keith is getting his eyes start getting red. He's getting tired. Mm-hmm. Keith is Keith only got so much information in him. <laughs> not, not information, excuse me. He only has so much mental stamina. Yeah. Like if, if Keith was in Street Fighter, his life bar would be in, in the red right now. He's only one Hadouken from dying. Hadouken. Soyuken. Remember Blanca used to shock you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, uh, fucking, uh, what's, his, what's the guy's name? Uh, 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 Tiger Uppercut. 
Tiger, Tiger, Saget. Oh, yeah. Tiger, Uppercuts. <laughs> Tiger, Yoga well, Flame. That was my favorite one. <laughs> yoga, because I think it was my favorite, because... Um, you couldn't block that shit. Yeah, that, but um, what's the name? Lupe Fiasco. He had came out with a... Uh, a freestyle a long time ago called Yoga Flame. And I was oh, like, shit. oh, snap, I forgot about this. And then I kind of went back and I was like, oh, this is a dude from Street Fighter. So it was pretty dope. Yoga Fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Street Fighter came up with the most odd motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know what he was yeah. supposed to be. Who's invented these characters? His leg was long as fuck. He would yeah. kick you from way far yeah, away. Yeah, he stretched out that stretch out his leg. Yeah, that shit was cheating like a motherfucker. <laughs> that was funny. Tiger! No. <laughs> King Song Kick! <laughs> All right, moving on. Perfect. Perfect! <laughs> Round one. Fight! <laughs> All right. Is automation going to replace a lot of American jobs? Um, I was listening to an interview with Joe Rogan and Andrew Yang, and he was basically talking about how automation, like AI, is literally going to be the future. And there's a lot of, he talked about a whole bunch of different positions, like clerical work, truck drivers, all kinds of shit, like, uh, and... Once they get that down, like he said, that it will be a greatly reduced um, need for truck drivers because they would basically be able to take all the major highways. And then in the urban areas, the truck driver would have to take over because the AI couldn't get through the city. Yeah. But that was that was very sad to hear that. But at the end of the day, I'm not worried about it, man. I got an ace up my sleeve. I got an exit plan. I'm not going to be a truck driver my whole life. Mm hmm. But they were talking to a lot of truck drivers. I guess um, Andrew Yang rode with a couple guys. And at first it was like, oh, these computers can't do my job. They can't do my job. Mm-hmm. And he said it went from that argument or that to we can't let these computers take our jobs. Yeah. You know? I, I just think there's so many guys that take pride in truck driving because I'm not trying to make it like truck drivers are dummies, but there are a lot of, lot of uh, truck drivers that don't have a, uh, you know anything else they're good at. You know they don't know how to they don't know how to code. Uh, they don't know how to you know do a bunch of clerical work, and they don't mm-hmm. like working. They can't work at fucking Arby's or they, they're used to making a living on the road, providing for their families. A lot of them are on ro- on the road for weeks at a time before they come home, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Now with me, I'm a local truck driver, so I'm home every night. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like the hot chick. That's basically what I. <laughs> 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 I'm home every night, and mm-hmm. I haul gas. So. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, I can't be I can't be naive and say, oh, they can't do my job because I haul hazmat, you know, but that, I mean, maybe they can. Yeah. I can't sit here and say that they can't. They can find a way. AI. And the thing about it with AI is AI is going to be safer than us because AI don't get tired. Yeah. AI don't need breaks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It can run that truck 24 seven. So. But no, just to just to, to touch on it though, like I think that people are. It's another reason why people need to start uh, catering more to their passions and and try to do something that they love. Because AI can't talk on this podcast, but I can. Yeah, you know AI can't get up on that stage and make people laugh, but I can. And I know that 
if if I what can, if AI was a comedian though? I'll hey be like, guys, how are you doing? I'd be like, we got to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> we got to kill these fucking robots, man. Have you ever been having sex with Siri? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. Oh, my God. Siri be getting hit from the back. Like, that feels good. Turn left. Spank my ass. Oh, heck In a no. hundred feet. <laughs> Choke my ass out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I, I definitely do feel the AI, because you got to think about it. Think about the innovations over just the 10-year span. Let's go from now, you know, 19. Let's go back to 2009. Yeah. And over those 10 years, let's think about all the major innovations that have taken place. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now, you know, we have a Google and all these things, but we have the ability to say thing into say something into a phone, mm-hmm. and it will search it for us. Yeah. Um, we also have smartphones now. We didn't back then. Yeah. And if we did, there was a very small scale. We had like PDA phones and uh, some Blackberries that were considered. I had a Blackberry in two thousand nine. Yeah, it was considered a smartphone. Yeah, but I mean, I could get on the internet. You yeah, ha- yeah. you might have to go back further than two thousand nine. Mm, yeah, but I mean, there was no that like. Smartphones were not mass produced. Yeah. Like Android phones, the first Android phone was the G1. Mm-hmm. Or was it the G2? I think it was the G, G1, I think. I can't remember. But that was like in 2007 or 8. Mm-hmm. Right in there. But, anyways, everything was fucking new. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of new innovation, um, cars, all kind of. The first Tesla came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed the thing. But you think about how many things were created during that time that, like, literally uh, uh, have changed the way society works. Social media, the influx of social media. Mm -hmm. Um, But just imagine another 10 or 11 years. What's going to happen? Yeah. That that's they already nuts. have self. The Teslas are self-driving already. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. And then um, I've seen videos of self-driving cars. It'll. It puts the location in. It gets you there. It's weaving in and out of traffic. All kind of stuff. It's this cr- shit is crazy. crazy. Yeah, like there are motherfuckers eat. There are motherfuckers driving a Tesla eating lunch while they are on the freeway, not even looking at the road. That's gonna be so crazy. That's gonna be crazy. It's gonna get especially to the point. in L.A., dude. Oh my god. Yeah, you can make you can you can maximize your potential so much more if you're sitting in L.A. And instead of looking at the traffic, you're going to be sending emails and, you know, making business calls and stuff like that. Here's what people aren't looking at, because obviously I'm a truck driver. It's what I do for a living. I think that you could make Los Angeles the safest traffic city in America if everyone went Tesla. And you say, oh, that's that could happen anywhere. But L.A. has the most aggressive drivers in America. They just came out with a statistic. Mm hmm. So I think if, at least if fifty percent of people in Los Angeles got Teslas, that would change. That would dramatically change the amount of accidents that happen. Just the other just the other day on Saturday, fifty cars were involved in a crash on the I five southbound, mm-hmm. and the fog the fog caused people not to really see. But my biggest issue was 
if the fog, like when the fog, when I know that when I see a big cloud of fog ahead, the truck speed is 55, but I go all the way down to like 40. Yeah. The reason why is because if I need to stop, then I have more time and I have more stopping distance. Whereas the average driver, they're going to be in the fog, but they're like, oh, I've driven this a million times. I could go the same speed. And it didn't nope. end well. Uh, even a freaking horse died, 50 man. 50 cars. 50 cars. <laughs> this is Saturday. Yeah. Can I, you imagine even in fog in those conditions if people were driving Teslas? Yeah. This just makes That's the, crazy. Yeah. You don't need, they're not seeing anything. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's all like electronics and radars and exactly. you know, stuff like that. Exactly. Signals and stuff. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. I think that um I was watching this uh this I it's basically this idea that a lot of this stuff that goes on is preventable. Exactly. Um there was a guy he did a he did a uh he did a video on real estate and it it was a bunch of statistics that came out about how millennials regretted buying houses. And then they had like five reasons. Like some of them were saying their mortgage was too much. Some of them were saying the house is too big. Some of them were saying the house is too small. And he was like, these are all um, uh, things that are preventable. Yeah. You know, if you moved into your house and you actually put some thought into it, like, hey, maybe I'm going to have a family and I'm going to need an extra room so I won't buy this house. So he was like, so basically he he was like, oh, this is preventable. So this kind of statistic is kind of stupid to even show. Exactly. But the same thing with the driving, it's like that accident is very well preventable. If people weren't driving so fast, they would have been able to slow down in enough time to uh, to prevent the accidents. So, yeah. 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 Just, I think that we're coming to a time, too, where people it's harder for people to think for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not harder for people to think they just don't do it. Mm-hmm. So this gives A.I. a leg up. Mm hmm. Because AI can think for you. Here's the thing. If you don't know how to spell, we live in a world where if you don't know how to spell very good, all you got to do is get at least three words right and they'll spell the rest of the fucking word out. Yeah. So AI, just something that small is helping us. But can you imagine if we get to the point to where if you're thinking something and it just starts typing a bunch of words out? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like that's that's the future. Your thoughts on screen. Mm-hmm. That'd be nuts. Yeah. It's almost like some minority report shit. I don't know how many people have seen that movie. Yeah. You know where he's using his fingers and shit? That's that's my um that's what I'm curious about, seeing what what uh new movies are gonna come about about artificial intelligence. Exactly. I uh my dad talked about something back in the day. He talked about the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Oh no 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 Star Trek. And uh Back in the back in the day on Star Trek, they used these things called communicators. I think they called them, mm-hmm. and they would put it in their hand and flip it open, and they would talk on them. Mm-hmm. And remind mm-hmm. you, this was before the cell phone came out. This is over thirty years before that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Star Trek. Go back and look it up for yourself to mm-hmm. to fact check me. Star Trek was the first ones to come out with the cell phone concept. Yeah. Where they put this in the palm of their hands, this communicator, they flipped it open and they talked on it. Yeah. If that's not a fucking cell phone, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Crazy. Yeah, man. That's just nuts. Mm-hmm. But um, is AI going to take a lot of American jobs? Of course it is. Yeah. Because a, a machine don't got to take lunches. A machine ain't got to take breaks. A machine don't call in sick. Yeah. Okay. Technology has already taken a lot of jobs. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's just the way the 
America works. We innovate, we make, we streamline, um, we streamline technology, we streamline uh, services, and we make it more efficient for the business owners. You know, a lot of those people that were working at PG&E got laid off. Um, different factory jobs. You know, back when back when they were making Model Ts, it was a lot of hands-on stuff. Now they got a bunch of. Have you seen the uh, the Tesla factory? I have. Yeah, it's crazy. They got freaking little machines running around the the factory um, connected on these like magnetic tracks. Crazy. And it'll stop if someone walks in front of it. Like, oh my it's God. It's all kind of crazy stuff. It's a minimal um, actual people that work in there doing like the hands-on stuff. They're aiding the computers. Yeah. Oh, they're aiding the AI, excuse me. Yeah, the only thing that the humans are doing is like pushing wires through the cars and like some of the stuff that is almost too difficult for the the computers to do at the moment but other than that it's a bunch of computers and stuff like that yeah, and businesses love ai because ai like i said they could make shit 24 mm-hmm. 7 and they don't need they won't need any humans anymore man mm-hmm. so it's like that's why um and uh what's his face andrew yang wants to have the the universal base income Mm-hmm. Where he wants to pay everyone a thousand dollars a month extra, and they're like, "This is stupid. Where's the money gonna come from?" I don't understand. But he knows, like, he has the foresight to come up with a plan to alleviate. He said he knows that a thousand dollars extra a month's not gonna take away the pain. It's not gonna take away. It's not gonna bring back jobs and stuff. But he's doing it because the money's going back into the economy. Not to mention that when people start losing their jobs, that thousand dollars a month is gonna somewhat help them and keep them afloat. Yeah, because. $1,000 can do a lot for people that mm-hmm. really, really need it. Mm-hmm. And he talked about even like uh, people that are obviously inmates that get out and they don't have any money, but that, that $1,000 can empower them and hopefully they can stay on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and the $1,000 they have from when they get out of prison will be an incentive to stay on the street because they won't get that $1,000 once they get locked up. Yeah. So it's just a whole, so many different things, man. Mm-hmm. I really like this Andrew Yang guy. You know, not to stray too much away from the main topic. Yeah, I got to do some more research. <laughs> Definitely. I think going into it, um, I was like, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders. And then, like, the more and more other candidates start, start coming out, I realized that maybe some of these other guys are more fit to actually run the country and their thoughts align more um, with how I think than Bernie Sanders. But Bernie Sanders had this way of captivating a lot of college students so yeah um the last uh the last time when he was running you know a lot of the college students were you know having the stickers and you know yeah. feel the burn and all kind of stuff i'm, I'm off bernie man I, look, <clears throat> I, I i got respect for the guy but he's just too old now man mm-hmm. like the guy was uh, during the breakfast club he was forgetting people's names instead of michael cohen he called him david cohen yeah i'm like hold on man what are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> this guy is not going to be set for a second term yeah, he old. If, if Bernie Sanders becomes president, he will be the first president to fucking use life alert. <laughs> like, I, I fall in America. I fall in. I, I, I can't get up. But I'll tell you what. Every, free college for everybody. Yeah. Free college for everybody. Okay? Yeah. Somebody changed my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be up there, be up there farting and shit. Okay, America. <laughs> Big ass fart come out his ass and shit. Cause you know old people they just fart. They don't yeah. even give a fuck. Old people fart a lot and they also don't heal that well. <laughs> so I just seen him giving a speech in front of like 
<laughs> it was like 5,000 people. He had a huge bandage on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like... He looked like Nelly Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> His immune system is opposite of Wolverine. <laughs> Instead of healing himself, it's just getting worse. <laughs> oh, Bernie Sanders. Somebody said something that had me busting up in the comments. They said, man, don't vote for, vote for Bernie Sanders. He's related to Colonel Sanders. And Colonel Sanders has slaves. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He must be so dumb. Oh, my bro. God, man. He's so dumb, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Fucking Bernie, man. Yeah. I, I like Bernie, but no. Nah, I, I highly encourage people to, 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 to shift to Andrew Yang. Do some research on Andrew. Andrew is the only one with integrity, man. Everybody else is too caught up in talking about how racist they think Donald Trump is. They're not sticking to the issues. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's really annoying. It's like the typical staple that the liberals are going to now. It's like, they're racist, and he's racist, and he's homophobic. And yeah. it's like, look, stick to the issues. You, yeah. you can easily, if you can, you stick to the issues, I think that's going to really alert more people than anything. <clears throat> I don't like getting into politics too much. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just say that people should watch interviews versus watching uh, these. Um, bro, I cannot think today. What is it called when they're, you know, giving these speeches in front of a, whatever you call it. Campaigns? Well, yeah, like the campaign runs when they're giving, mm-hmm. you know, when they're out at colleges and yeah. we're out in the middle of, you know, Iowa and Arkansas yeah. giving these just giving these people what they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just, you know, they're just, they're playing to the audience. They're they're saying things that they know will get the audience audience aroused. And it looks good visually if you're not, if you're watching from California and you see Bernie Sanders in, in Nebraska or wherever uh, giving a speech and you see the crowd going crazy when he talks about free college and stuff. Yeah. All of that can like, uh, to, can skew, skew your mind. But yeah. if you sit down and watch these interviews, if you watch the... Um, Breakfast Club interviews, you will see like a clear cut person uh, for the job. Definitely, and, you know. What I mean? so. Only thing that annoys me about like liberals are running for president is that like when they did when they go to like to like an all black college or something, <clears throat> like they're pandering so much that it's annoying. Mm-hmm. That Bernie will be up there like, everybody free college. Uh, we got any uh bust down Tatiana's out here? <laughs> hey, any bust downs out here? Huh? Hey, come vote for me, and I'll bust you down every day. <laughs> oh, comedy! Oh man, you know what? I think we're done here. Keith is having a hard time staying up, man. He is doing a great job. He's putting extras on it. I'm, I'm straight. I'm so proud of Keith. He is uh, tired right now. Uh, America, uh, free college and free Meek Mill. Deuces. <laughs> I was busting up on an old uh, episode. You were talking about Barack Obama. He was like, uh, uh, you said when you get all confused, you'd be like, uh, uh, Michelle, uh, uh, the dog, uh, uh, white woman. Uh, the... <laughs> Barack is the only dude that's like, it, it, like, I think Barack was a robot, man. Like the way he would process his thoughts, he'd be like, Loading, um, loading, uh, America. Uh, uh, remember that old dial up internet? Yeah. <laughs> Barack hey. Obama had dial up internet in his fucking brain, man. Uh, 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 America. 
Barack always sounded like he's about to bust a nut every time he's on there. He's like, uh, 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 uh Michelle, uh, uh, keep sucking. Uh, uh, don't ever stop. Uh, uh. So, uh, Mr. 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 Obama, what country are you from? Uh, uh, America. <laughs> like, God damn. It took you three alligators to find that shit out? Uh, one, one alligator. Uh, 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 two alligators. Uh, uh, heck no. Like, God damn it, Obama. Yeah, he'd be trying to set off... We would, we would, America would get blown up waiting on Barack Obama to push the red button. Uh, I'm gonna uh, pr- press the button now. Uh, 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 press the goddamn button, Barack. We're gonna die. Uh, 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 his finger, can you imagine Barack's finger on the fucking missile button and it's just like going up and down instead of president? He's like, uh, uh, uh. uh. Comedy. Like families are gonna die if you don't press that button, bro. <laughs> and by the time he presses it, it's too fucking late. Right? Uh, uh, they got us. Uh. <laughs> oh man, what if uh, Joe Biden and uh, Barack Obama did like a drive-by or something? Oh my god. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe B, uh, pass me the strap. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna die if you don't hurry up. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden. All right, man. Yeah, it looks like we're done with this episode. It's definitely long, but we, yeah. you know, we had a lot of juice in us today. It's not the only thing that's long. Like I said, yeah, long episode today. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you for listening to Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Finks. We out of here. Peace.